Hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of City of Geekum, where we talk about many things. What do we talk about, Will? Uh, Except for throwing your phone on the floor I, again. This is the second time this has happened, <laughs> that we've sat down here today. And you did. I'm not even tired, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> we talk about news, geeky stuff, yeah, movies, like. games... Yeah, we're going to have a general anything chat Anything we're nerdy about, Ryan, yeah. that's what yeah, we're, we're talking we're about. Gonna, we're going to have a general chat today. I mean, we've got a bit of news, and we're going to talk about Mandalorian a little bit later as well, because Mandalorian Season 2 is right around the corner, in two days, actually. We couldn't necessarily episode. pin down one topic for this episode, could we? Yeah. So we're just going to have kind of a, a general chit-chat about stuff we're yeah. interested in playing, looking well, forward to. What we're doing to. at the moment, yeah. In uh, particular, the Mandalorian, but not exclusively that. Yes, right. So, basically, uh, you got any, should we get blush, 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 through the, blush through the news? What have you got? We've got some stuff. Got some stuff. Got some stuff about Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Tom Holland, mate. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, he posted on his Instagram, which I do follow. Yes. Um, a picture of him as Nathan Drake. He in is the Uncharted around. movie. <laughs> yeah, he looks good. He does look good. Yeah. I, I, I need. To, I've got them. I've got the Uncharted games. I just need to play through them. All. I have them as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, sorry. I have the first three. Yeah. Um, because our good friend Tom bought me the anniversary edition on PS3. Yes. But obviously, I don't have my PS3 with me, so I'm not going to play. Well, I've got a... Uh, you can use my PS4. Because I've got... we When lockdown started, PlayStation like gave away the first three Uncharted games for free. This is very it true, did. but I've got too many games to play at the moment. Oh, we'll talk about bloody We'll talk about bloody that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just another one to add to the list. I would like yeah, to sit good. down and play through them at some point, because yeah. I, I haven't really invested much time at all in the Uncharted series. No, not um, at all. Even though... They are good. They are really good. acclaimed as one of the best, like Indiana Jones esque sort of. So yeah, he's re- he released his latest uh, his, uh, his his photo. Uh, the movie also will co-star uh, Antonio Banderas. It's going to be in it, and also Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Have you seen the picture of him with the mustache? No. It looks Nothing terrible. Terrible. I mean, let me get a picture of it. Uh... Like not to kind of. Because here's the thing about this, like. It's all very well being enthusiastic about there being a um, a uncharted movie, but let's be honest, video game movies aren't superb. <laughs> no, are they? Yeah, the that, track record. That, that is him with the mustache looking like Sully. Uh, he looks. He just like... looks like Mark Wahlberg with a fake mustache. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, I guess that's what. It, yeah, this is going to be always. Because that is. Sully. I understand why they chose him for Sully, but really. I have no idea. To Looks be wise, anyway. I don't know personality wise because I don't know the character of Sully very well. Apparently, he's like a fan favorite, and that high's most defining characteristic is his mustache. Apparently. Oh dear. But yeah, even oh god, that doesn't look. It's he not a very flattering angle, to be no. fair. But I mean, that is his own he's selfie. He's looking up a little bit, but. Anyway, yeah. So. Yeah. Uncharted, so... Uncharted's coming along nicely. It looks. Yeah. So. Um, Hopefully, it'll be I good. I think it's pretty. Mu- it's wrapped filming now. Is it? Well, it must have done if. Tom Holland well, is I... going to film Spider-Man soon, which is oh, what yeah, we're going to talk true. about in a minute. Yeah. Can't be doing two movies at oh, once. I... That COVID regulations would never allow it. No. Um, it's not unknown for people to do two movies at once, I guess, within the world of movies. But... Yeah, but well, that was in the past, obviously, like you say, but it's not COVID. I don't know whether it would be sensible to do that now. Mm. But then again... I wonder when it's coming out, Uncharted. Probably in the next year. <laughs> Allegedly, if it is. Uh, uh, Naughty Dog... Also posted on their thing, it was shared by PlayStation, which is the uh, the post I saved here on Facebook from PlayStation UK, mm. uh, was indeed uh, Nathan Fillion, the voice of Nathan Drake, meeting 
Tom Holland. Yes, of course. Which is very cool. So I he obviously wonder, visited the set one day. Yeah. Um, I know that a lot of fan casting has been like I think it was a couple of years ago that um that short film came out with uh Nathan Fillion mm. playing Nathan Drake. Did you see that at all? Apparently it was like spot on. But because Nathan Fillion's a little bit too old now, they're like, oh is shit. Is it Nathan Fillion? Am I thinking of the right person? Um I wait a minute, I might be thinking of somebody different here. Because I've just compared him to. What are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing. What are you doing? One second. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion um, did a little YouTube short film of him playing Uncharted. Uncharted. He might have Drake. done, but I don't think he's yeah. the voice of Drake. I think. Oh I'm no, no, I'm not saying he is. I no, made a horrible um, mistake no, here. Nolan North is the voice of Nathan Nolan Drake. Nolan North. There we go. Yeah, but sorry, um, that, that's what it is. It's Nolan yeah. North meeting Tom Holland. Yeah, not yeah. Nathan but um, a couple like I'm talking about fan casts and stuff. But a lot of people were like, oh, Nathan Fillion is the guy to play Nathan Drake in a live-action film. He, he, he gets... He does get compared to, um, you know... Um, you've just said his name and I've forgotten him. Nathan Fillion? Nathan. Nathan Drake? Yeah, I don't know. Too many What's Nathans. What's going on? Stop with the names. Um, but yeah, no, apparently there was a... You, you could probably look at it right now. There's a YouTube short of... Fan film, yeah. Fan film. A little five-minute or whatever film. And, yeah, it looks good, apparently. Yeah. There's, a few, the there's a few really great fan films out there on the internet if you look hard enough. I remember yeah. going through a phase of watching Batman ones. There's loads of great Batman fan films. Yeah, yeah. Bat in the Sun Productions, especially, did mm. some very good ones back in the day. Looks very good. Um, Sherlock Holmes director Dexter Fletcher. Dexter Fletcher is a very good director. Confirms that production on the film will remain on hold until travel bans and social distancing issues change. So this is Sherlock yes. Holmes 3. Um, I guess. It's it's been greenlit to basically go ahead. Dexter Fletcher did um Ah uh, Dexter Fletcher. He did uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and uh bloody what's it? What's it? Rocket Man, didn't he? Rocket Man Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he took he took over the reins of Bohemian Rhapsody when What's his face was kicked for being a allegedly a bloody paedophile. Mm. Um and yeah, then he uh, did the Eagle did. as well he did yeah that was alright yeah. that was a good film and then he did Rocket Man as well which I absolutely adore great film Rocket Man if you haven't seen Rocket Man do it do, do it do the thing I feel like I feel like he's somebody who could definitely pull off the Sherlock Holmes in the Guy Ritchie universe yeah um, but yeah I because I, we've we've mentioned Sherlock Holmes 3 a little bit on this podcast like in we weeks leading it, yeah. up to this one yeah. I didn't actually know it was in like pre-production and they were pretty much ready to go I didn't know that either uh, they've kept that quite quiet Certainly, Robert Downey Jr. We've probably mentioned it like in news really before, but we've forgotten about it. But but that's yeah. now obviously on hold until further notice. That's right. So they're ready um, to do it. Harkening back to Tom Holland, yeah. he posted a video on Instagram the other day uh, of him with a uh, an iPad that had the Spider-Man three script on, and of course they begin filming um, now. They've started filming yeah, yeah. apparently, and he had I don't know where he was, but he had a he was about to read through the script fully for the first time, basically. That's cool. Um, and learn his lines. Um, and he was very excited about it. And he made a joke about learning his lesson not to leak anything, so he was going to shut up now. Yeah. Which I thought was... <laughs> well, he did that joke... I love it how self-aware he is. It's brilliant. Uh, he did... Uh, when they were either filming Infinity War or Endgame, or even Far From Home, or something like that, he, like, put on f- uh, Twitter or Instagram, and was like, hey, guys, I just got the script for this Marvel film. And then he opened it up, and on the back of it, it says like confidential like top secret sort of shit and he was reading it out 
and it was obviously a big joke because it was so self-aware what he'd done before that was really good yeah I love Tom Holland man he's great yeah he's great <laughs> but yeah they've started filming yeah and uh, so that's good banging on one film onto the next yes Spider-Man 3 is in production yes I with movies that are this big I would think in the next few weeks we're going to get some set photos of some sort. Yeah, we spoke about it last week, I think, when we were like yeah. around December time, set photos will come I th- out. I think we probably will. Um, yeah. I wonder what new suit he's going to have, because Spider-Man obviously has to be the new Iron Man. I think have a new suit, suit every fucking movie. movie. And, and sell I mean, more toys. Um, oh, yeah. I'm right on it. Uh, have you got any news to break it up? I can um, ramble on. Uh, should we talk about Justice League? massive news came out of Justice League apparently because everyone's favourite actor Jared Leto is returning as the Joker you don't want to talk about this no you don't <laughs> you're right I like, I've mentioned that I I have slight faith in Zack Schneider to produce a decent f- sort of almost fanfic type movie in the Justice League extended cut yeah but it doesn't have to follow on to anything it doesn't have to become something just let it be its thing yeah, like Watchmen is, for example. I think it's, it's, a, I think it's, it's cult it's, thing. Let it it's, be what it is. It's definitely going to be a follow-on from his Batman versus Superman because like no, yeah, not, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But like, just like have it as like a thing, as like a yeah. a four-hour-long live-action version of a Justice League cartoon is effectively what I want. Yeah, that's what I want, and I think we'll get that. But why? Why is Jared Leto back? Because we need we need the Joker in every single DC film now. Do you think he'll show up in the Suicide Squad? Oh, or the Joe? No, not necessarily Jared Leto's Joker, but the Joker in general. I think some element of him will will show yeah. up. Whether it's well, I mean Harley will boundlessly reference him. I'm sure at some yeah. point in the movie. Um, it's good. It's fine. You know, we still. I mean, let's be honest. We still don't know really very much about the plot of that movie. No. Uh, yeah, well, but uh, just going strictly onto another f- guy that has been uh, back into reshoots. You know him, Joe Maganella. Yeah, as Deathstroke. It's interesting. I, I, I completely it's so sad. Shit, Justice League is, but yeah. like, I completely forgot that it was him. Him under the mask. Mm. Um, he played. I um, know him from. Uh, he's done a few things, Joe Maganella. Um, yeah, uh, he's married to. Uh, I know this through trivia, but he's married to incredible uh, Sophia. Uh, oh, I'm gonna bugger up her second name now. I do apologise. Yeah. Um, Vigera, she's from Modern Family. No idea. Okay, you'd know her if you see her. Okay, she's probably. a big enough figure that that you would yeah. know. Yeah. Um, um, even for somebody, I don't watch Modern Family myself, but I know of her. Okay. Um, I know him from from Chris Carroll because he's he's friends with. He's, he's a big D and D player. He yeah, plays yeah. his own game. Yeah, and he's got like a dungeon and everything that, he, oh, that's that sweet. you can watch on YouTube. Actually, that he's got. Yeah, I, I I might get into Critical Role. Um, also, I know him from uh, Spider Man, the Sam Raimi Spider Man films. He played Flash. Mm. Yeah, tried to beat the shit out of Tobey Maguire, but then Tobey Maguire just punched him hard, and a, a pot of chocolate fell on his head. <laughs> he's been mm. in a lot of things, actually, Joe Magnello. Yeah, he's real he's good. He's a good actor. Yeah, um, yeah, I. That, I knew of him before Critical Role, but yeah, not, Critical Role doesn't inform everything I do. I promise. No, um, it's fine. It's but all he good. he guest stars at the very end of the first campaign. Yes, uh, as was one of the people because obviously he's he's big in the D and D community. I think he's been running a game with his people. Yeah, uh, of which there's a few famous faces in there. Like um, one of the uh, one of the people who was the showrunners of Game of Thrones plays in his game. Oh, nice! Like a bunch of other celebrities. Yeah. 
I think they've been playing it for like a good few years now. Like it's been going on for like you know the same campaign for the like. Best thing about D and D is how know. long how the yeah. longevity of it. Yeah, um, and there's like there's like ten of them in the group plus him as a DM. Like they play some yeah. big games of D and D. Great um, stuff. Uh, I shall talk about. Well, we'd go, go, uh, we were talking about James going earlier in the Suicide Squad film. Yeah, I mean, he... I've got, there's a couple of bits of news here. We well, uh, tweeted out. Poster. I'm going to see if I can get. Well, it. yeah, you get a new poster. I'll tell. I'll tell about. We we mentioned Harley Quinn, and then we were mentioning like uh, maybe a few weeks ago that we made our predictions. I think it was me, you, and Jim and Neo made our predictions about who would die. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Laughing at? I can't get rid of this pop-up. <laughs> oh, God. That's how they're going to get Continue, us. it's fine. Um, he received a tweet where someone was like, uh, Harley Quinn is franchise armour. Uh, pretty sure King Shark and Amanda, uh, Amanda Wallet will also have a DC has them in other things protection. And everyone will uh, will set an 80% chance of dying. Mm. But James Gunn was like, uh, yeah, no, that's all bollocks. No character would... Uh, so I'll quote from him from his tweet. Um, no character was protected by DC. They gave me a carte, a, a carte, carte blanche, blanche. blanche to do what I wanted. Uh, that was one of the things we agreed uh, to before I came to work with them. I wasn't looking for shock value, but I wanted the audience to know that anything can happen. Carte blanche, by the main, is uh, Latin for blank check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought. Oh god, just ima- imagine if they just do, just kill Harley Quinn. Would be good, but interestingly, yeah. like if you think about it, um, I'm just allowing you to soak up that. That is a really poster. good poster, um, yeah, for the for, Empire for magazine. The Empire magazine, yeah. which is the new screenshot, which looks. I mentioned earlier, it looks it looks straight out of like a cross between the boys, and, um, which I'm sure they've drawn inspiration for this yeah. from the boys when the success that that show has had, but also um, from the, just reminds me. I don't know why of the, the like the covers and the cover art from Kingdom Come, the, the DC Justice League comic, yeah. Kingdom Come. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, he had a he had a carte blanche, which is interesting because if you think about it, like Margot Robbie's a pretty big star, yeah, and like she's not gonna want to. I think like she's not with the success of the movies that she's had like she got to do her Harley Quinn movie which we both enjoy Birds of Prey it was real good I watched um, it a couple of weeks ago it was again real good yeah it was good um, but it's like is she going to want to stick around in that role forever probably not she's going to have bigger I and better think offers she's, she probably I'm not speaking for her she's probably done no, what absolutely. she wants yeah I think so yeah. like, she probably, she she's done her own film which she, and she's obviously cemented her f- the fact that yeah when you think about casting Harley Quinn is De- well, Margaret Robbie dead on Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, absolutely. You can't really see anyone else, is it? Like you probably, they probably will recast Harley Quinn in the future sometime. But at the moment, you're like, oh yeah, Margaret Robbie, definitely Harley Quinn. When you think about the character, absolutely. Um, um, but and she's doing this film, which again, James Gunn, he definitely gets the best out of everyone in the cast. So yeah, like what what more can you do with Harley Quinn, really? Yeah, and it also depends for this this movie because this movie's a bit interesting, isn't it? Because it's like yeah. it's a soft reboot, but it's not really a soft reboot because you can't really have a soft reboot. I'm sorry, with the same fucking cast. Um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, know, maybe, I don't, maybe don't not that at all. Yeah. But like, 
<laughs> like, where do you where do you go from it? I guess is what I'm trying to get out here. Yeah. Because like, if there's a direction to go, then that will inform who you kill off as characters. Yeah. But if there's no direction, then you do have a complete blank check to do whatever you want. But to tell I the best story that you can. If you're going to call a film The Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad in general, you're going to have to have people dying. People has to be cannon fodder. Yeah. Everyone, well, not not people, but everyone has to act like that. They're, they're sort of cannon fodder, like you know, oh, these superheroes are coming and they're pretty evil. So we need to have our own sort of bunch of criminals who are expendable. That you know, who cares if they die? They're criminals. That's what we get to feel and see as the audience. Whereas like the the first Suicide Squad film, we you know we've spoken about. And it didn't feel like that at all. One person died. Maybe two. I can't remember. I think we've ripped that movie to shreds enough. Yeah. yeah. But the point is, I'm glad we're going to get a film where, like, oh, shit. My favourite character's died in the first five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's good. Good good work, James Gunn. Loving it. Um, what news you got next? Uh... Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Just filming. Good. Yeah. Um, the I'm going to see if the full statement comes up. Have you got it there? Uh, I've got like a screenshot of the you news. Got part of it, yeah. um, um, but I, I didn't realise they were that close to filming, uh, finished filming. I know they were in the process, but Christ. I'm so excited for this film. So, uh, it's going to be so different. Yeah, the director posted on something. Yeah. Facebook account, I think. Uh, Sim, 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 Simu Liu. Yeah, Simulio. Apologies for butchering your um, name. As if you're listening to this. <laughs> but that's a wrap on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Such a long title. Um, yeah. <laughs> this just reminds me of Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. <laughs> Too many different breakdowns. Come on, um, nine months mm. from now, we will break records and make history as the first superhero movie to feature an all-Asian cast that kicks so much ass, it's not even funny. Well, that's a lie. Actually, it's quite funny too. <laughs> of course, it's a, it's of course, it's, 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 it's Disney Marvel film. It's, it's, Marvel. Mean... <laughs> it's gonna have it's gonna have the humour in it. Yeah. Uh, for all of us, uh, for all of us who hate, you right Hate hated the colour of our skin or being made to feel less than because of it. That sentence doesn't make sense to me, but that's okay. Yeah, um, we got that. I, I understand what he's trying to say. Is, yeah, but it doesn't. The first part of that makes it sound like he, I don't know. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, to feel less of it, uh, no more in capital letters. No more. Um, this is our movie, and it will be impossible for Hollywood to ignore us after this. Good. I'll see you then, and I'll probably sooner, probably sooner actually, because I'm always on here, lol. He, he is Let, a real good guy. I'm let's really fucking like go him. is the is the last yeah, yeah. statement of the thing. Um, no, I really like uh, Simu. But yeah, Simulio. I mean, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I'm it's going to be completely different. It's going to be different. And, uh, like we, we we are slowly getting those slightly different movies for Marvel. I, and, I really um, hope that um, Simu is going to be. <laughs> I hate to sort of just make him jump on this sort of. Uh, this sort of big statement already, but I really hope that he's sort of like a Chadwick Bosman, in the fact that he is uh, like a guy from this sort of culture, and has this really successful, important character that comes onto the scene and blows everyone away and yeah. makes everyone sort of feel involved or feel accepted for who they are. Is Simu, is 
Simu the director or the actor? He's the actor. He's the actor um, playing Shang-Chi, so yeah. yeah the, the picture I've got here, the guy on the right uh, is uh, Simu who's playing Shang-Chi and the guy on the left is the guy that's playing the, the yeah. Mandarin. Uh, or he might be the director. I have the no idea, really. Uh, Des- uh, Destin Daniel uh, Cretton. Yeah. Sounds good. That guy. Which yes, that, that is that the director. Guy. Yeah, I got yeah. that wrong. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be good. good. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's fun that Marvel were rolling out these extremely different yeah. uh, movies and ones that are going to hopefully push the envelope in directions that people have been wanting to see. It certainly feels like that. With It's funny because like, you know that Phase 4 has a structure because yeah. it's Kevin Feige behind it. Of course it, it would, yeah. But like, it does feel like it is the most disjointed of all of the... The yeah, it's, got, it's most. It's this is the, the most individual parts. Of it's the most individual, and it's got the potential to just break everything open, like especially with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Like if you're going to literally uh, introduce the multiverse, there's going to be so many tangents and so many different story arcs that are going to be going on. It might be too complex, but I doubt if it will because, I mean, Marvel plans stuff. <laughs> Simply enough. Yeah. Um, but that's good. I'm really looking Absolutely. forward to Shang Chi. Uh, what else have you got news wise? Um, what got... have I got news wise? I've got yeah. uh, the new Batwoman suit has been unveiled. Yes. For CW's Batwoman. Looks good. Uh, with the new actress uh, in the costume. There it is. There. Yeah. Looks real good. Um, it looks really good. Yeah. I'm. I'm not sure because I, <laughs> I can't remember what the first one looks like off the top of my head. I don't know how different it is from the first costume. I think it is quite different. I wonder if there's a side-by-side um, side shot on this article somewhere. It doesn't look like there is. Probably not. Um, oh, that's a good image as well. I like that. Uh, that's real good. Yeah. Um, I like the poofy hair. It's you, just that. Yeah. Though. It's I, not I, like I straightened it. or like sort of neatly tidy. I love the way. hair. I love the hair. Yeah. And interestingly, I, li- I like it that it's because uh, Batwoman um, kind of historically has red hair, very vibrant, bright red hair. Yeah. It's dyed. Uh, this is black hair, but the, the tips of it are dyed. So it's kind of... Yeah. It's almost like a Harley Quinn look going on. It's really interesting. Yeah. With the kind of black and red contrast, but that's really cool. Um, so that looks really cool. Um, just saw that the other day and thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, another image that's been released to give us a little insight is uh, Kate Winslet underwater for Avatar 2. I didn't even know she was in the second one. Uh, so we, I might have known ages ago, but Avatar 2 is taking a literal fucking decade to come out, so... Who knows what happens at the moment? Apparently, this she plays Ronal. Yes. That yes. Has no context at the moment for us. Apparently, this the second one is going to be like completely set underwater. Oh. Apparently. Oh. Allegedly, maybe. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I've just I'm skim reading as you're saying. It's this. it's going to be like revolutionary underwater motion capture yeah. technology for Avatar Two, which the director has also teased the process of shooting back in September. Scorny Weaver performed an underwater stunt so Sigourney Weaver's back in this so she's not dead well I don't know alright she's probably a spirit maybe it's the spirit world that she's underwater maybe Kate Winslet is the actual tree I don't know I don't Do know <laughs> I mean yeah she's in it she's in Avatar 2 so apparently she, she definitely death okay. means nothing um, no of course not now my guess is that Kate, Kate Winslet is the tree that burns down in the first Avatar. Do you remember watching the first Avatar? Mm. Yeah, it's right. Isn't it? So the tree is now a, 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 person. a creature of some sort, or, or yeah, a person. Probably. probably. I have no idea. I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. Imagine a living tree. 
I mean, tree up people. It's, inter- too. it's interesting because this obviously, this movie is. You know, it's taken forever to come out. People have been wanting it to come out for a long time. I feel like the world's moved certainly on from Avatar. Yeah. Quite a lot. The fact that they're doing this revolutionary thing, that it, this film is going to be entirely underwater, mm. may, kind of gives me a little bit of slight hope that if they pull it out the it's bag, gonna be good. it's going to be worth the wait. Yeah. Um, but that was the thing with Avatar. It never felt like a movie that needed a sequel. It I was wonder, just a, a movie in itself. I wonder how different this film will look to a film like Aquaman. Because that was like a supposedly mostly underwater-looking sort of film. <sighs> And I, I can't really remember how they filmed that and stuff, but till they went to the desert, Ryan. Till they went to the desert. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what like the first like looks or trailers sort of things look like. I'll, I'll be interested in that. Um, yeah, certainly. Um, another little bit of news I'm going to go on to. Uh, hopefully, get one soon. Yeah. Oh, who knows? It'll probably come out in the next decade. Maybe. 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 Who cares? Um, so, uh, Tim Burton uh, Adam's Family live action show is in development with Smallville producers. Interesting. Yeah. Do you know anything about the Adam's Family? Aren't they a bunch of vampires? I have no idea. And I, I don't know enough. I know who be perfect. I know. Honest. I know of them, and I know what yeah. they look like because people dress up a lot as them. Yeah. But I think it's very I, much an American thing. This maybe. doesn't appeal to me at all. No. Not in the slightest. Because I think I might have like mentioned already on this podcast that I'm not the greatest Tim Burton fan. He's too weird. But Tim Burton doing an Adams Family thing, like a weird director doing a weird-looking sort of film or series. It's a very Tim Burton. Film, yeah, yeah. This is a, this is this is right up any sort of Tim Burton fan thing. <laughs> fan thing. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a good Tim Burton yeah, movie. Family. It's like a. Um... Like demonic, I don't know. They're like an amalgamation of different. Um, Frankenstein. Yeah, different. Like, I don't. Like, it's really interestingly the the brief thing they give here is so sparse. I know they did the animated Adams Family like last year, and that was terrible. Apparently, was it? Ooh. Yeah. Oh dear. And I don't know. Maybe it's one of those those licensed titles that it's just yeah, it's fine. It's got its fans, but it's not like. No one's desperate to see this. I don't know. Are you? Listeners, are you, are you desperate to see this? The, the best what I can think? describe it is like the Adams Family is a little bit like a very early live action no. version of Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like that kind of movie where all the ghosts and ghouls from fairy tales exist. Yeah. And I guess it's kind of. I don't know. I'm speaking out of turn, certainly, because I don't know enough about that. I have no idea either, but just I just saw that and I was like, all right, sweet, yes, cool. Um, what else have you got? Uh, Creed 3. Creed 3. I need to watch 1 and 2. It's They're very good. Yeah. Have you seen any of the Rocky films? Nope. I've seen... I've never got around to it. Which is the fucking Rocky film where bloody... We'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, what's his face? Oh, my God. My... Brain uh, is frying. He's literally in the Mandalorian. What's his name? Carl uh, Weathers, which is the one where he gets beaten the shit out of by uh, and dies. It's uh, he plays Apollo Creed, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he plays gets Apollo. Killed Cre- in the ring. Yeah, which which film is that? Is that four? I can't remember. 
Rocky Four, Rocky Three. Which is obviously what Creed is about. Is about his son. Yeah, it's about his son, and then in the second one, he fights his father's killer's son. Yeah, Draco. Or yeah, Drago, Draco. Drago. It's good. It's okay. very good. But Creed Three, uh, I I think it will be good, but is it needed? Because I think the second Creed film finished off very nicely, and I think that's the arc done. Because, you know, Creed fights his father's killer's son and sort of redeems his name against, like, the name that destroyed him. So, what more can you do? I don't know. This is odd. But you say uh, Creed 3 is being directed by it's, Michael yeah, Jordan. Um... It's it's being pitched that he's going to direct it, which will be his Hmm. directorial debut, Michael B. Jordan, if he does. Um, He will also obviously still star in the movie. How old is he? He's very... Is he young? Well, I'm saying he's young for a director, but bloody... Kugler is bloody young, but... I want Hmm. to say uh, that Michael B. Jordan is... Late 30s. He's late 30s. Yeah. Oh. He's 20. I do apologise. Mr. Jordan, you're only 33 years old. Ah, like a decade up. <laughs> Which is a lot younger than I thought he was. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Uh, well, not a lot younger, but considerably younger than I thought he was. Um, That's right. Yeah, no, he's 33. So, yeah. And interesting as well that this would be his directorial debut. Yeah. And he would, um, uh, you know, he would be directing himself because he would still be starring. Well, in a movie. lot of, a lot of. Uh, people have done it. I think the first Rocky film was directed by Sylvester Stallone. Was it? I think. I might have got this completely wrong, but I'm pretty... Maybe. Uh, Rocky, first one. The first film is Rocky. Why are you giving me these things? Can you not? I need to do stuff. Come on. Rocky Rocky 1. Who's it directed by? Starring Sylvester Stallone. Oh, no, it wasn't. I'm completely wrong. Yeah. He definitely directed one of them. Was it Rocky Balboa? Yes. Rocky Balboa was the one directed by Sylvester Stallone, starring himself. Which one is that in the series? I think that's like five or something. Uh, or Rocky Six. I don't know. There's been too many. Rocky. Rocky One, Rocky Two, Rocky Three, Rocky Four, Rocky Five. Yeah, Rocky Six. Rocky Balboa is Rocky Six. And then Creed. So this will be the eighth film in the Rocky One, universe. One, two, three, four, five. That there's six, seven, eight. This will be the ninth film in the Rocky universe. Madness. But they're good. Rocky is Rocky three. I need to know. Is Rocky four? Yeah, yeah. Rocky four is the one with uh, Dolph Lundgren who kills Carl Weathers. Uh, Creed. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's a good. That's a good. Film. It's really cheesy. The fourth one. It's like over the top, ridiculous. But it is good, so um, that's all right. That's good. Yeah, sweet, good stuff. Uh, what more news have you got? What have we got? Unloading your guns. I've only got one more thing. Okay, and it's a PlayStation related thing. Okay, sweet. Um, What's and that? that is that the PlayStation Two is twenty years old. Woo! Good old PlayStation Two. PlayStation Two. One of the best consoles, maybe even the best console ever made. Maybe I'm. I would argue PlayStation Four. But hey, we'll no, see. I would I would argue PS2 because okay. it's got more games on it. Simpsons Hit and Run. Yeah, man. Simpsons Hit and Run. That Battle, trumps anything. Battlefront 2. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, Battlefront 1. So, I 
great, fantastic so that uh, Time Splitters too. So many. Fantastic games. that. Um, Ah, oh, what's it? Uh, speaking of PlayStation, or speaking of games, Cyberpunk has been delayed again, again, by like twenty days. I but it's still, it's <laughs> like, is it, what is it? Twenty-one days. 20 so yeah, the new release, really, the new release date is going to be the, t- December tenth. So, right. What they need an extra twenty-one days for? I don't know. Probably a Christmas. Fix one line of code. And make sure. Maybe, it works. but I don't understand this. They're going to be delaying again for another twenty-one days, but they are going to be having a day one patch. Or a day zero patch. So it's like... Well, I'm, I'm not just surprised with the game do, that's going to be this big. Do like the fucking day zero patch, but don't release it. Release I, it after you've done the patch. Yeah, I worry that this, I don't get that. Yeah, or include it within the work you do now. Yeah. Yeah. I really um, don't understand. I, just release a game that is fully completed. Don't do fair, an Avengers. To be fair, it might just be that... Because like day one patches are, are brought out because it's like the first 24 hours to assess how the game runs in the public world yeah, and then make fixes. Unfortunately, that has been turned into, uh, looking at you, Activision and Call of Duty in particular, Oy. into a way of sneaking in things that were ready-made with the game no. that you wanted to include, um, which is not really what they were meant for, but it's what we are getting anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Well, but, yeah. we'll eventually get it. Do you think we'll ever get Cyberpunk in the year 2077? <laughs> fucking this, right? I saw that joke. Was hey. um, anyway. I I fear that this game is going to be almost too big to run for, well, I, I don't for even console know. users. I, I don't I, know how big it is. I don't know how big it is. I might be over-exaggerating. Well, I mean, but, like, Red Dead fucking is over 100 gigs. Last of Us 2 is over 100 gigs. There's so many... With, I was going to get to a point where I, I like saw the PlayStation Five was going to like the day one. If you get the first ever console of that instead of like the upgraded PlayStation Five, mm. it's like eight hundred gigabytes. I swear to fucking god, you're gonna end up getting games like one game is going to take up a quarter of the space. Oh yeah, it's going to be stupid. Oh it's, yeah. If you well, want to re- I mean, not if not if it's not if it's well produced and well managed and yeah, you know. But like the classic example. That we've I've experienced in recent it's years Call of, Duty. Is Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which, to be fair, was was a, a nice refresher to the Call of Duty series. It was good to get back to the Modern Warfare setting. Yeah. I certainly enjoyed it. It was where I was most comfortable with Call of Duty always, so that was fun to play. Uh, but God, that game had so many problems. Like, uh, the file size was just stupid. Yeah. Just stupid, on so many levels. No game needs to be that big. <laughs> Realistically, no, especially that game. It doesn't. It doesn't when you've got games that are bigger than it that yeah. are better. Like open world RPGs that are smaller in size. Yeah. Call of Duty is not. It has a very stringent campaign and online multiplayer. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Mental. And well and yes, Warzone, but then yeah, Fortnite is a Warzone game and look how small that is. Yeah. Like, very true. Comparatively, so there we go. Uh La, last bit of t- uh, not really last bit of TV news but TV news uh, Netflix is developing an Assassin's Creed live action series ooh yeah. I did not know this no you didn't uh, Ubisoft's Jason Altman and Danielle Krenick I hope I've pronounced those names right will be serving as executive producers yeah I hope they focus on the did Assassins you, did, and like the movie oh, did, yeah did you watch the no, movie no I've watched reviews of it though it looks terrible it's fucking awful yeah which is an absolute shame because Michael Fassbender is incredible but that film is so boring here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing listeners I'm going to say something that's a little bit controversial say it so high guy or it could be controversial people will love us because say it's a (laughs) mom for fuck's sake (laughs) 
Why'd you ruin this moment? <laughs> okay. What? You ready for this, Ryan? No. Assassin's Creed is dead. Oh. Mic drop. I've said it. It's dead. I've said it. Valhalla's coming out in a couple days. It's dead, mate. Couple days, couple, I don't know when it's coming it's out. It's coming out real soon. Real soon, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a few yeah, yeah. days time. But stop with the god aspect. You're Just not a god. You're an let assassin. Let run around as a hooded figure and stab people. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like that. That's the thing. I was like, I feel like Assassin's Creed has got to the point now where they've evolved it to the point where they've kind of taken it on a tangent of what people like about the game, which clearly some people still do and quite a lot of some people still do because yeah. the, the last game did sell well I think this the, game probably will it's effectively well. the setting of Greek mythology Egyptian mythology and Norse mythology which is keeping everyone interested but, but not, it's not the Assassin's actual Creed Assassin's Creed, Creed well, thing itself I've talked about this on this yeah. podcast yeah, yeah 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 it's not Indeed. an Assassin's game anymore it's a, a superhero simulator the best alright I'm going to say another controversial opinion right Shadow of War is the best Assassin's Creed game in the most recent few years. Probably, yeah. It's either that, or what Assassin's Creed is trying to do is be like Shadow of War, or Shadow of Mordor, or stuff like that. I No, I think I think it was trying to be... Because they refreshed it with Origins, because they took an extra year out. To but Origins was alright, wasn't it? Origins it was, a, was fine, but then when it got to Odyssey, it was it, like... Origins was good because it was about the start of the Assassins. Yeah. And it was about a guy who wandered around in a white hood. And it didn't matter how ridiculous that looked in public. Like, it was about, you know, it got back to the roots of, oh, you know, you know all the things you did over all those years in all the great Assassin's Creed games? Yeah. What, when this did is that start? start? Yeah. yeah. But then they were like, oh, we're going to go even further back in time. To the Greeks. Because why not? Because people love that. People and love... we're going to talk about the an- ancestors of the Assassin's Creed. An- an- the ancestors before, of the ancestors. You know, Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a Greek Spartan god simulator you yeah. literally play a demigod in some respects Ugh. and it's like nobody asked for this it's like that you must have opportunities to kill people outright but there's another times where you just can't you can't the stealth doesn't exist anymore there's no kind of different takedowns or anything wow because everybody has a health bar and everybody is like an rpg leveled accordingly to your character but not even uh, but not even leveled because if you watch I, reviews on assassin's creed odyssey you will know that when you level up, everybody else levels up above you. Yeah. So you're constantly I think, chasing the I think, I think that is fine, but if, I'm going to compare, again, compare it to Shadow of War. I, I love, the, personally, I love Shadow of War games. Yeah. The story is dog shit, and the... It completely it, fucks up. The yeah, the lore is crap, but the gameplay is so good, and you could argue with Shadow of War, like the whole microtransactions thing and the orc, that was a bit of a mess, but what I love about it is the whole uh, nemesis system that they involved with it like which they completely nicked for <laughs> Assassin's Creed yeah yeah um, but and also like if you go up against a any orc they've got different like weaknesses and strengths like you can't kill this orc but, uh, because he's immune to arrows so you have to sneak on him but if you can't sneak on this orc you have to bloody set him on fire so you have to adapt to your surroundings and stuff so I don't know if that's the same with Assassin's Creed games it's of not late. it's not it's not. No, because okay. I've watched videos on this and they've explained it with, with comparing it to Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. The levelling system doesn't make sense because as soon as you get enough to level up, everybody levels up two levels above So you. there's no point so in levelling up. you're constantly chasing the game. Yeah. There's no, that, that defeats the purpose yeah. of levelling up. And the only way that you can keep up with the game is to get the best armour. So even though they say there's freedom of choice on that aspect, there's not because if yeah. you don't wear the best gear, you're not 
going to win the game. Whereas, to use another example of a great Destiny. game, Destiny, yeah. where you were able to infuse gear so you could wear whatever you wanted as long as you were able to level it up and gain resources to yeah. tinker with it. It's <laughs> where Destiny does better than Avengers. Yeah. When, <laughs> when Destiny is doing better than you, you need to start taking a look at some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, not because Destiny was a terrible game; it was a great game. I love it. But again, it's it's the gameplay over the story aspect. Exactly. Like, what would you? But when you're running around I as think... a Spartan warrior and you can jump off a mountain and survive it, then you it's it's a superhero sim. You don't assassinate people anymore. You just charge in and be a superhero. Yeah. And you have all these cool godly abilities, and you fight gods and monsters of the. You fight Medusa, for example, in one of the missions. Why? And the Minotaur, because you can. Okay. Oh, like, because we said it in Greek mythology, so therefore we have to put stuff in Greek mythology. And even though, like, even though the the DLC that came out for Origins, where you went and fought all of the pharaohs that were coming back to life, that was quite cool. Yeah. But still, it's like, why? Right. Why is this part of the world? Mm. You know, can't I just wander through a marketplace and blend into people? Yeah. You know, so they they've they've drawn it more and more towards a kind of certain RPG aspects of kind of like a superhero slash knight simulator where you are a super-powered character rather than an assassin. Yeah, that's pretty It's turned me off of the franchise. I, have. I bought Origins. I haven't started it. I've still got the case back at home. Yeah. I, like, I, I just have it because I've not had the will to do it. No. Like, even though I've seen enough of Origins to think, I probably enjoy Origins quite a bit because it's got... A, but not It's got a really good story, actually, Origins. People, yeah. People did play it. What would you rather story. have? Would you ever rather have a game with a dog shit story and great gameplay or the other way around? Would you rather watch a film or play a game? <laughs> oh yeah, effectively. Because yeah. um, I'd say that's the difference between like a Destiny and Avengers or a Shadow of War and uh, an Origins. Origins has a great. Well, again, I don't, uh, that's pretty unfair with Origins. Would you rather have? How, how's the story in Odyssey? Terrible. Terrible. Okay, that's, that, 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 that ruins my. I've watched a lot of it. It's terrible. Okay, so would you rather play an Avengers game, which has got the same sort of mechanics as a Destiny game, but the gameplay, well, those gameplay mechanics in Avengers is dog shit, but the story's better than Destiny? Or would you have like a really good first-person shooter in Destiny, but have not th- a pretty naff story? Here's the thing. That's a really tough question. Yeah. And I don't have an answer for it because I feel like both of them balance each other out. Yeah. If the story's not great, you still have the gameplay. Like that's what we experienced in Destiny. When I play Destiny Two today, it's like Shadow of War, yeah, yeah, it's still like okay, the story's not great. It's it's all right, but it's not great. It's mm. not what Destiny One was. But Destiny Two still has that gameplay hook that I love about Destiny. Yeah, and enough good stuff in it that keeps me trudging along. Whereas a really great story game with bad gameplay can keep you moving along because even though you're doing the same three things all the time and it's getting a little bit boring on that front you're invested enough in the story that you want to play it. Yeah. Whether you replay that game... I don't know. Mm. I think that's another question entirely. Honestly, Um, I've not gone back to um, uh, Avengers at all. No? Sorry, I'm eating custard creams. They're great. You eat custard creams. Yeah. Um, I haven't gone back to Avengers at all. No? Because I've had no desire to play it. Gameplay is fine. I've done the story. Yeah. No? Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I f- I but like you know, I recently downloaded Shadow of War onto my PC because for like four quid. Yeah, yeah, duh. Yeah, it's great gameplay. Yeah, I, I I like have cravings of playing games like that again. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, that, that was a big segment. But yeah, it ultimately, was, but like, 
and I feel that's that's what it is. And like Valhalla might introduce some new stuff, but it's still like it's a Viking simulator with set Odin. In the Assassin's Creed, yeah. Mm. Like, come on. Great. How long's Odin gonna be until he? This pops is why I, I've mentioned this multiple times, and maybe I'll have to do a really in-depth analysis of Assassin's Creed Unity one day because it is my favorite Assassin's Creed yeah. game, and maybe I will defend it until the grave. But <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about. But like, that's why I loved it so much because I felt the setting was the, that was the last time I felt the setting really was really good yeah I mean Syndicate came after it which was alright but Syndicate was a bit forgettable to be quite honest yeah so ultimately are you looking forward to the Assassin's Creed live action series on Netflix I mean I certainly my interest is peaked I have to say and I'll probably look out for a trailer whenever that comes out and if it's on Netflix I'll probably even maybe watch it yeah but we'll see whether it's good I I think we'll do something on it I feel like in the right hands, Assassin's Creed could be really good. And hey, it might be a series that revives Assassin's Creed. Maybe, yeah. And maybe in in a series format, they'll have more time to balance all of the weird jargon that they went into in the movie, but balance that with enough of the Assassin stuff that people wanted to see. Yeah. That it will, you know, be better. Who knows? Mm. Uh, moving swiftly on. Uh, last bit of news that I've got. Oh, uh, last bit, two bits. Uh, Moon Knight on the Disney Plus series has gotten a lot of traction lately because they've uh, announced who the director would be. That is Mohamed Diab. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what he's done before. I'll have a quick Google but now. Fine. New guy. That's what Marvel does best. Just gets these new guys and they're like, oh yeah, shit, you. You're, you're good at something because you've done this before. I'm terrible at knowing what they've done. Um, and yeah, you're doing... I really anticipate, well, for me and especially, I'm really looking forward to Moon Knight, especially as they've announced, or, well, Oscar Isaac is in talks to play Moon Knight, the lead mm, character. I did see this. Yes. Movie. Interesting, because Moon, Moon Knight is a Marvel character, isn't he? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Disney Plus. Um, yeah, he's like, he uh, is a marine that goes to Egypt, he gets killed. But then the Egyptian moon god is like, oh yeah, just swear your soul to me and I'll make you a superhero. Swear your fealty and allegiance, yeah. Yeah, so he, he, he yeah, it's it's weird because it's, uh, it's, it's weird but interesting. So he's like a, a superhero and his powers strengthen depending on what sort of moon is out at night. That's real cool. It's a very brave choice here. And uh, I think Mohammed, he's like a... Mohammed Diab is an Egyptian writer and director. His work often centers on pressing issues concerning Egyptian society. Well, that's even perfect because an Egyptian god, an Egy- this this character is all Egyptian based. He's, so he's done a lot, as you can probably guess. Yeah. Of Egyptian movies. Great. Um, is I had no idea, but that's incredible. English speaking movies, by the looks of it. Is this one one of them? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Cairo six seven eight. Yep. Is one he's done. He's done a movie called the Cla- or Clash. In 2016. That sounds familiar. Uh, Clash. Which was pro and anti-Muslim Brotherhood demonstrators. Like a sort of a historic film, basically. Yeah. Um, I think it probably... Uh, is there a better explanation than that? Probably not. Probably not. Probably I don't know. To find it. But he's done a lot of Egyptian sa- stuff. It That's sounds like he does a lot of things concerning sort of societal his issues culture. based on events that have happened. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, really interesting choice for for Marvel, but yeah, that's gonna be really it's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm actually really looking forward to Moon Knight now. Yeah, it's been a character that loads of fans have been asking for, 
Um, and It'd be yeah. the second Egyptian character Oscar Isaac has played because he played Apocalypse and X Men. Yes, he did. Which was, so I guess, is not technically Egyptian, but he is. Because he's, he's a he's a mutant who is from Egypt, so he's Egyptian. The, the, Logan is Canadian. The, no, he's not. He's Australian. What are you on about? Logan. Uh, <laughs> what? Well, Hugh Jackman's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good day, mate. I'm Wolverine. <laughs> Should we buy a Barbie, but with my claws? He'd like a burger. I'm sorry, Australian listeners, <laughs> if there Just is any. Completely alienated a fan yeah. base there. Actually, you know what? That's reminded me. Australia. You know I listen to a particular group. Oh, how have we not mentioned how, this yet? I've always wanted to mention this. So, Auntie Donna is a Australian comedy sketch group. And now they've got a Netflix show, which is they're coming a, they're out. They're a YouTube channel, aren't they? Yeah, uh, but they've done tours in England and uh, America before. But now they've finally got a Netflix show with uh, Ed. Ed, Ed, something. He was in Hangover. Ed Gamble. Uh, I, Ed, I Ed know Hall. who you mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, his second name escapes uh, me. Ed. Is it Ed Gamble? Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. No, it's not. Not Ed Gamble. No, that's not Ed. That's... No, that's Ed Helms. Ed Helms. That's the one. Yeah, he's... Ed Gamble is the that Bloody... British comedy comedian that looks like um, Stephen Tries off of YouTube. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> looks like his older um, brother. No, Ed Helms. Yeah, he's the one that sort of produced it and founded it and everything like that. So that Auntie Di now got a Netflix show, which is a six-part series coming to Netflix, and I'm really excited for it. I can't wait to watch it with you it's, it's gonna, gonna be great <laughs> it's gonna be really we're good. doing an episode on it it's gonna be fucking great i love it it's gonna be great um yeah i listen to a lot of the planet broadcasting podcasts and ah uh, they're on it and it's just great brilliant it's amazing i'm so happy for them <laughs> um should we talk about what we've been doing what we've been doing recently what have you been doing how are you oh blooming heck <laughs> steady you're teetering <laughs> on an edge um yeah no i'm good man yeah, and good. Yeah, I've been watching something. I recently had a bit of a binge. Yes. Of The Crown. The Crown, the darling. The Crown, darling. Oh, yeah. One did have a binge of The Crown. Yes. Is it good? Uh, <laughs> that was really good, actually. Is it good? That was good pronunciation. <laughs> Is it good? Um, yeah, I, I watched the first two seasons back in the day. Uh, almost like a year ago now, I binged, Must have been. binged the first two seasons. Because they've changed the actress for... The Queen yeah. each season, haven't they? So it's going to be, it's going to be six seasons long. Yep. The Crown. I, I believe this is what they're planning. Six seasons divided into three different time periods. Yes. So the first two seasons are the first cast of people. Okay. Which is early Queen's reign from her coronation to uh, up to sort of the birth of uh, her youngest children, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that was um, Olivia Coleman. Wasn't it? No, the first no. people was Claire Foy and Matt Smith as yes, Matt the Queen Smith. and the Duke of Edinburgh, respectively. Um, and then it had uh, Vanessa Kirby as Princess Margaret, for example, and a load of other superb people in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah. And then the second uh, chunk chunk is Olivia Coleman That's as it, the yeah. Queen, and uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Um, have you got a butchering, uh, butchering degree? Oh, I should do at this point. Yeah. Quite we should both get one because we're um, good at it. What do we need? I don't, to... Yeah. I don't want to. I'm trying to remember who plays the. Um, this is, oh, this is Stella. Shh. <laughs> this is incredible stuff. Uh, Min, Min, my, my, Minas. Minas. His name's. 
Hang on a minute, one second. Nearly maybe. there, nearly there, gentlemen. Sorry, peoples. That's right, ladies we'll get, and gentlemen. We'll get the cast We're not editing this. This is the best sort of bloody product you're ever going to get this in is, your life. This is just people are screaming down the microphone quite right frankly, now. They are, yeah. Yeah. It um, was his face from the ground. Bloody Olivia Colman. <laughs> Why would your voice? I don't know. <laughs> what has gone on there? From Family Guy. Uh, Tobias. Tobias. Tobias Meni Menzies. Men. Yes. Tobias Menzies. That's a great name. It's a great name. It's that really is incredible. Name. He plays um. Uh, Someone. He plays uh, the Duke of Edinburgh. Oh, um, yeah, sweet. And lots of other cool people play the um, people in the round. Helena Bottom Carter plays Princess Margaret. Yeah. Uh, Charles Dance plays uh, um, Lord Mountbatten. Cool. Um, yeah, loads of great people. Loads of great people. But anyway, uh, they are going to be uh, with them for one more season. Yes. Season four, which the trailer is out for. It's cool. Um, which will cover a lot of the Diana stuff and you know her coming into Charles's life and things. But yeah, it's kind of... So there's going to be... It's like early reign of the Queen, middle age of the Queen, older, more modern Queen, basically, yeah. covering historical events. And basically what the Crown is, is like it's it's historical events that happen involving the royal family, or sometimes not involving the royal family, but how the royal family experience it, and the dramatisation of somebody's idea of what that might look like with, from within the yeah. household. Uh, is um, Olivia Colman, isn't it... Or am I getting that wrong? Olivia Coleman at the moment is, yeah, the, yeah. is the Queen, yeah. And she's yeah, yeah. brilliant in it. Oh, she's Oscar-worthy. As, as she is in everything. Oh, she's she, incredible. She's in. But, uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's been very awesome. Uh, the change of cast, you don't notice it. The tone of the show is exactly the same. That's cool. Um, it feels like the same show, and it feels like it feels like an organic following on from the first two seasons. That's cool. Um, so I recently binged season three, because I'd seen the, the first two last year. And even though season three's been out for ages now, uh, season four is coming out next month. Nice. Um, it just was on Netflix, and I was thinking to myself the other day, I don't really fancy playing a game or anything, but I was like, let me binge watch something. And yeah. I just chose The Crown season three. That's cool. Um, yeah, and really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it was it was really, really good. I would recommend it to anybody out there. That's cool. Um, it's a very interesting is program. It, is it biased? towards the royal family no no oh, not at all that's good no not at all um what i love about the show is it as i just said it's kind of like an imagining somebody's imagining of what how the individuals in the royal family would react to the news that happened mm. uh, taking parts of speculation from the media and conspiracy from kind of what information has been drawn and also the factual events of what happened from records of different things and imagining what the conversations that none of us see look like basically mm. and um, it's great it portrays all of the royal family in a light that is not favourable or you know deteriorating okay. in any way that's good it displays them as human beings and that's what I like about the show is mm. it shows their vulnerable sides it shows that they are fallible it shows that they have skeletons in the closet it doesn't shy away from anything for that's certain. good um and it always sets it in like a historical reference thing. Um, one of the best examples from this season, one episode I will talk about is Abba Fan, which is a Welsh disaster that happened in the 1960s, 1967 in fact. Yeah. Um, where a coal mining dump in uh, the valleys in, where, in South Wales, yeah. um, basically due to heavy rain and, well, I shouldn't really lead with heavy rain, what I should say is 
due to negligence on the part of the coal mine of the board of the coal miners basically mm. um, allowing the tip of coal to be like something like I've forgotten what it was it was like five times as the height that it was meant to be which is just stupid yeah yeah um, plus weather meant that uh, sadly a whole primary school and half of a village of Aberfan was completely Crushed. destroyed when oh, wow. this landslide happened of this coal dump. I think I remember uh, some killed over a hundred yeah. school children of Jesus. young ages. It was yeah, it was a whole generation were wiped out in one one uh, awful day yeah. in nineteen sixty seven. Um and it was it's one of those things as soon as you start reading into it you just get more and more heartbroken by it because no justice was ever really done. Um the, the people on the coal mining board who should have paid for their negligence were not found guilty. Christ. Um, and it's really interesting, and it, and it displays it from the, the aspect of the royal family and explores a couple of the characters um, and their reactions to it, and it focuses, of course, on the Queen's reaction to it and, um, and how it was one of her biggest regrets. And she even, sources close to the Queen in real life, say that it is one of her biggest regrets, that she didn't go earlier to the scene Mm. of the incident she went about nine days after it happened mm. um, and she said at the time on record to say i, I don't want to go there because i don't want my presence to interrupt the work of these people trying to recover it's understandable to an extent yeah and you know they don't need a queen to make a scene but it is somebody in close to the household who retired did release to the, the press and the public a few years later that it is one of the queen's biggest regrets that she never went earlier Oh. And that she still visits Aberfan to this day, and she's one of the only royal members, you know, royal members of the royal household that goes as often as she does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, for those of you who don't know about the Aberfan desires to read it up. Uh, it's really interesting. Um, it's okay. horrific, horrifying, heartbreaking, and interesting, and just a, a a view into a world that is, especially in England, not talked about enough. And that kind of 1960s yeah I've, I've heard like little the, tidbits the here and there history and things yeah um, but that's just one example of what the what the, the show, show does really yeah. well is it, it displays that and what I like is quite of, often after the credits they have uh, writing that pops up on the screen to tell you kind of what happened after the fact to certain characters you might have seen like you know um, for example for this episode it says that Queen Elizabeth it was released that Queen Elizabeth always regretted not going earlier and all this stuff yeah um, like factual things yeah, yeah it gives you kind of factual historical references after the episode um, but yeah it's brilliant go and watch it uh, it's based around real events but take it all with a pinch of salt because it is someone's imagination of what yeah happened. yeah don't but, believe everything um, happens it's beautifully shot it's really good it's a great show go and watch good. The Crown on Netflix good that's good there we go yeah I've been watching Doctor Who you have been yeah how far through are you now you we're been... on season 7 which this is, is the original season. Uh, uh, no, no, we're um, no. The, sorry, this is your rewatch of New Who. Yeah, rewatch. Uh, basically, a couple months ago, me and Jem started watching. Well, going through Doctor Who again, mm. and we're up to Matt Smith's final season. Yeah, season where two. he it's the one where it's split in two halves. We're we're on Amy and Rory, and then Clara. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, yeah. We we did those two episodes. Uh, that episode with Amy, uh, Amy and Rory's last episode, which was Angels in Manhattan, and we've just finished the Heart second. Games. That was a great episode. Um, and we just finished watching, not the snowman, the one after that, where he meets Clara again, when the bloody, uh, the faces turn around and just suck. It's, it's like The Wire, but it's not. It's yeah, one. I know what you mean. I can't yeah. remember the bloody name of the episode. And it's not good. <laughs> it's not one of the better. 
I think I, the next episode is the Rings of Akatan, isn't it? That yes, it is. is. That I know that that one is a good episode. Even though I never watched that one. Um, basically, so when I watched Doctor Who when I was younger, I loved obviously I got I loved Christopher Eccleston. I loved David Tennant. Yeah. And Matt Smith, I loved his first season, and I wanted to go back and rewatch it and be like, okay, can I understand why I dropped off of Doctor Who? <laughs> yes. I understand completely why I went off Doctor Who because there is unfortunately just it's overcomplicated when it doesn't need to be, which I just think that is Stephen Moffat in a nutshell. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's just too inconsistent. There's like you know the fucking the Snowman episode with Ian McKellen, which I had no idea was in it. He played the the snow, and uh, Richard E. Grant. Great bloody names sorry I just tap the table um yeah I don't know but it was just a bad episode <laughs> it was really bad yeah there's a lot of um there's a a lot of misses in in the yeah. Moffat era I want to, I want to get up uh season seven um and just talk Go about for it. Uh, just quickly like give a breeze about like what episodes I liked and what I didn't like Go um, for it. might as well because yeah I just remembered like there was times where I was like oh that was a really really good episode and then other times I was like, God, that was shite. <laughs> that literally like episode after episode. What so was the like point in this? Yeah. So uh, actually, let's go to season six actually, because season five I think yeah that was Matt Smith's first one, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a that was a good season. Season five is good. Is a good, good overall so is a good um, season. It's got a few kind of. It's got a few um, miss points as far as plot goes. I'd say the, the actual episodes themselves are all really quite good. My uh, what I used to think I like, say season five. My least favourite episode of that season was Victory of the Daleks. Yes, I agree. Even even though when it first came out, my little child brain was like, oh my god, the Daleks are back and they're amazing. Now they're multicoloured and it's cool. No. Oh, it's bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. Like, why are they in World War Two to start with? Well, and also, I this is a problem that I have with Matt Smith. He's a great actor, but... Okay, I'm going to compare it. Right, that episode, Victor the Daleks and Dalek. First time you see Christopher Eccleston come up against a Dalek, one Dalek, he is frightened out of his fucking mind. He is terrified. And he is trying so hard to get out of that room. He's, like, begging anyone. But Matt Smith, or, like, this doctor... I don't want to blame it on Matt Smith. I just say it's the writing. It's... He sees the Dalek, and he's, like... He just looks shocked. There's no, like, urgency of, like, this is a mass-killing genocidal maniac. Every, like, and there's a part when they're in the war room and they're around the table doing their, like, you know, pointing little flags all over the map and stuff like that. And there's a Dalek just walking around with a fucking cup of tea. Doctor should be lich... It, it's a funny bit, but... Where's the urgency? <laughs> Where's the urgency of the Doctor being like, everyone out the room, out, go. This is an awful situation to be... It, there's none of that, I don't feel. Like, there's the part when he, like, goes uh, completely insane. He grabs the giant spanner and he's like, just you are the it. And starts whacking it. That's fine, but that's, like, 20 minutes an hour too late. It's... Uh, it, it, I don't know. That re bo really bothered me for some reason. Anyway, let's go. Quick, quick... Uh, he, right, so Impossible Astronaut, and this is season six. Impossible Astronaut and Day of the Moon. They are good because they got the silence in, the villains, 
but they are underused to shit. Oh yeah. They're this such, is when the silence peak. Such an interesting concept, but then nothing comes of it. No. They're like, all right, sweet. We're just going to have like this thing which eventually comes at the end of the thing. So, Curse of the Black Spot, bad. Yeah. I'm literally going to say, is it... Is, yeah. is, is I it, think I've is watched it, it once in, so, in my whole life. I'm, there might be some episodes where I'm like, oh, okay, that was good, but I'm even, it's either going to be, it's going to be the great episode or it's going to be a shit episode. Go for it. Right. Curse of the Black Spot, shit. Doctor's Wife, great. Rebel Flesh and Almost People because it's a two-parter, great. Uh, good Man Goes to War. Was that the one? Which is that one? That's the one where Amy, <laughs> Amy gets snatched in the end of this episode and they have to go to that meteor rock with all the different armies turning up. I can't remember it, so it must be shit. <laughs> it's, it's, the only thing, I can't remember The only it. thing worth noting is that River Song gets revealed to be their kid in that. Well, spoiler. Sorry, everybody. Uh, it's season six. This you, came out like six years ago. Now, then, um, go watch Doctor Who, but... I'd say the ending is good, but overall the episode is shit. Let's Kill Hitler, shit episode. Yeah, it's really bad. Really bad. Right, okay, so my problem with Let's Kill Hitler is that this is probably... I don't know because I haven't watched Classic Who all that much, but this is the first episode in recent history where you have Hitler in it. You have this massive, massive public figure, which is, again, a genocidal maniac, but and like in Nazi World War II Germany... What do you do with that interesting concept? You can make such a great show of that person. What? Oh, he's just a butt of a joke where Roy just punches him. All right. Great. So there's no point in this episode being anything about in certain World War Two yeah. or Hitler. Yeah. Nothing at all. <laughs> Shit episode. But then there's that bit where River Song, like, is obviously a psychopathic maniac, but then gives the doctor back his life because she poisons him. that's fine but again it does this stupid sherlock-esque thing where the doctor oh puts a banana in her hand and takes the bullets out. dumb i hated that so much i don't even remember that exactly yet. it's about, right uh, night terrors which one was that i can't remember for the life of me was that oh that was the one with uh the minotaur-esque looking or was it no i don't know yes it is it's the one where they're in the no. hotel uh terrified child who monsters appear to be real which is like the doll thing the, the oh weird. yeah that's the one yeah. i quite liked that one so that's a good episode the girl who waited great episode yes it is really good episode god complex was the one with was it the one yes yes with the minotaur thing which i thought is the girl who waited? Do we girl get a glimpse the... at Missy in that? I can't remember. I don't. I don't remember it. Uh, but I do like that episode where Amy has to wait, bloody however many years, for Rory and the Doctor to come back because they're separated right at the start, and like five minutes for them is like ten years for her. It's a great or episode. Like yeah. yeah, I really love that concept and the fact that in the end they just have to abandon her to save younger Amy. Um, God Complex was actually a fine episode. I liked it. And then, what was it? Closing Time and The Wedding of River Song. is again where the, the f- bloody... Uh... Oh, no, Closing Time was the one with the Cybermen. Uh, with, uh, what's his face? James, James Corden. Corden. Yeah. Uh, That's up. right. It's a nice Yeah, I quite like that one. Because I, I liked, no, I liked that bit with Stormageddon, the baby. Stormageddon. I do like that. Um, Wedding of River Song, great episode. Because just, just Doctor... And the river finally, whatever. It's good. Uh, season seven. 
Asylum of the Daleks, great. Dinosaurs on a spaceship, bad. Town Called Mercy, is that good? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't. Oh, it's just. Um, sorry, let me go back. Asylum of the Daleks, I like as a concept episode. It's all right. It's not too bad. I, I do like that. The fact yeah. that the Daleks are afraid of something yeah. for once. Uh, dinosaurs, it's just bad. It's, even it's, even right. The only good thing about dinosaurs spaceship is that we introduced to um, is it Arthur Williams, bloody yes, yeah, him, Roy's dad. Great, yeah. I love this character. Um, Town called Mercy is the guy with the is Wild West, Wild one. West one, which I don't remember it. Being I don't good. remember it. Whatever. Power Three is a good episode. Power Three is good with again. That's the the it, oh, it's just it's heartbreaking to think about. That's the final time that Rory sees his dad <sighs> at the end of the episode. Oh, oh, that's. Heartbreaking. Don't even. Um, and then Angels Take Manhattan, really good episode. Really, really good. Strong. And then it goes into the Christmas special, which was... It was the Snowman, wasn't it? Or was it the Bells of St. John? The Bells of St. John was the Snowman one, yeah. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't? Oh, no, it was because it was the Christmas special, yeah. Christmas special, the Snowman was bad. Bells of St. John, which literally is one of the most recently watched, that was bad as well. Yeah. Um, but then Rings of Akatan, I know, was a really good. Cold War hide. Bloody Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. Crimson Horror, Nightmare of so The Name of the Doctor. So I'm not really looking forward to watching the rest of these, but from what I've seen so far, it's fine. I can understand why I dropped off. So Absolutely, yeah. So Doctor Who's fine. It just, it, it, it peaked with David Tennant, I feel. And okay, another, right, I'm going to, uh, this is, because I know Matt Smith is your favourite Doctor, isn't it? He is. He is. He is really, he is, ah, oh, this is weird. So, for me, David Tennant's my favourite Doctor. Flossy Collar... Uh, Flos... Flo- yes, Missy does appear in this season. She's the shopkeeper in the Bells of St. John. Is she? Yes. I did not see that at all. Well, I don't know whether it's her, her, but... but it's that's, the actress. That's the number that Clara gets. Oh. Um, like, there's, there's I literally have no idea. Um, I genuinely have no idea. Yes, because yeah, because it's set up for the next season. Okay. Because she gets she gets a phone number that she calls at the start of the next season, and it's the the number that Missy gives her. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I might I might have to myself. quickly watch that scene again. Um, so my problem with Matt Smith's Doctor is that I don't mind him being weird, but. That whole I get really I get really annoyed. With the whole thing of ah bow ties are cool and ah fezzes are cool and I'm just like why though are you trying to be funny is this is this supposed to be a joke that is fun? I just don't like that when he's over the top stupid I really dislike that but then there are times like I'm probably gonna we're gonna spoil the next episode well, spoil. I know that in the next episode he has that really, really good speech with the whole planet monster thing and he's talking about like how much he's been through and stuff. He is incredible at doing that like serious, stern, no-jokey, no-messing-about doctor. But then there's just points where like... And again, I don't mind the silly bits when he's talking to a horse or he's talking to the baby Stormageddon and stuff like that. It's... it. I, I quite like his dry sense of humour where he's just like well yeah of course I can speak to babies what the fuck are you talking about like yeah he, he sort like of the... he finds it an insult that you uh, that you question him I like that 
But then when he's just been, oh, bloody look at me, I'm such a goofball. I like, really dislike that. It's the Jack Sparrow problem. Yeah. That's what Matt Smith's yeah, 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 yeah. And like Even I noticed it watching through. The, his his camp funny factor and the over-the-topness in which he plays the role gets turned up every season and every episode. Yeah. For where, like, when the Doctor is being energetic and bumbling and idiotic, yeah. which the Doctor has always been. Um, yeah, he has been. Like, it's just, like, at a thousand. And it's, yeah, there's no it's turning dialed it's up like to a million. It's like being around a toddler that's on fire. Yeah. You know, it's like... Again, but then there's moments like... Uh, th- there's a really funny moment that I laughed at is when he has a... He loses one of his hearts, like with Amy and Rory or something like that, and he's like basically saying, "How do you people live with one heart?" That's great. I yeah. love that joke. Like he's yeah, because that's, he's demeaning that, the human yeah, race. That kind of humor <laughs> has always been through Doctor Who, and that's yeah. like that's where the level of like I feel like David Tennant's Doctor had humor. Yeah, and like apart from like he had the odd moment, but like yeah, but then Matt, Matt Smith's kind of default Doctor later on, or the one that he was written, is just completely like over the top, panicking. Yeah, man with floppy hair and bow ties. He's you know, bumbling that's... around like, oh, yeah. feathers are cool. But why though? Like, just, is there a reason, or are you just saying that because it's funny? Like, <laughs> and then okay, there's another bit that oh, it's not Matt Smith actually. It's just the show in general. It's the end of season six. There was that literally the question. There's a question right in front of our eyes and we have no idea what it is and like, oh, it's such a... And that's it, Doctor Who. And it's like, ah, that's amazing, that twist, that it's never really been said. Really, It's not been that self-aware, but using that as a concept of the show, Mm. like the Doctor always announcing himself as a Doctor, but literally, who the fuck are you sort of thing. Uh, And the whole Wedding the River song, where like him telling her his name, even though he technically didn't. But... We're timey-wimey shit, whatever. But in the first two episodes of with Clara... I think we presume that he tells her after, his name later on. Yeah, yeah. Probably when they're on um, the Derillium together but for 25 years. But the, the, the two, first two episodes of Clara, like the snowman and that, how many times do they make that joke about Doctor Who? It's unbearable. It, there's literally a moment where the Doctor goes up to, I think, Clara and says... Oh, say it again. And then she says, Doctor Who. He's like, oh, I like it when you said it. Say it again. It's like, we fucking get it. Yeah, oh, great. He, he's called Doctor Who. And I literally make this joke with Gem when I'm watching it. Whenever there's a literal quote where someone says, Doctor Who, I'm like, ha, do you get it? Because it's, it's the name of the show. Do you get it? But then when they reuse that joke literally this five times in the one episode, I'm like, okay, I'm not making that joke anymore because it is dead. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's... Yeah, so that's why I'm out with Doctor Who. It's kind of making me go insane, but I do like it. <laughs> yeah, there's good parts about the Moffat era, yeah. but like that. Here's the here's my thing with Stephen Moffat. He is a superb conceptual writer. He's good at making individual episodes. Really good. He's good at coming up with concepts. Yeah. <gasps> Daleks in World War Two holding teapots. Like, yeah, I get it. That's a great concept. <laughs> I don't understand. But why? Holding teapots, though. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you can that's, set. That's the thing. Like that's oh, the, that's the thing I feel you know with like been, these you know seasons. What, I mean better? what? If you were to have an episode with Hitler, genocidal maniac, and the Daleks, genocidal maniacs, why not have them team up? Yeah, and they were based have on the, the Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, have the concept of the Hitler coming across these genocidal maniac Daleks. Him, I don't know, not making it a. A, a uh, 
oh god, Hitler is like this because oh he's a broken character. He's not really understood. No, Hitler was a piece of shit. Oh yeah, he was an evil person. He no, have him sort of like be this evil piece of shit. But then it comes across these Daleks that are like, oh my god, they think the same as me. We should team up. But then the Daleks being like, fuck you yeah, you are what? human. You are inferior. You are also inferior, but also like, okay, so you think the same as us. We're gonna we're gonna. Make you, you believe, you, yeah. yeah. We're gonna use you, make you believe that we're teaming up against you, but then ultimately you're gonna do stuff that we just want you to do. Yeah. And then. Yeah, which Hitler did plenty of times. In yeah. his Invasion of Europe. Have so. have like certain events which Hitler did, which you could be like, oh well, the Daleks influenced that decision, or like, I'd say if Hitler was getting too big for his boots, make Hitler make the decision to invade Russia, which Here's then the, yeah. killed him off, Here's which the made him lose the war. portraying a character like Hitler. Yeah. You're playing with dangerous ground, because you don't want to... If you do too much of the it was because of the Daleks thing... Yeah, no, of course you're not. You're not blaming the person that actually did Yeah, that. that's what I mean. You don't want to make him a... But I think there's something to be said of like the interesting kind of concept of like... Like, appeasement was a big thing with Hitler when he first came to yeah. power with the other nations, is they were like, okay, well, you can have this bit of land, yeah, but you're not allowed anymore. Yeah, yeah. And Hitler would go, okay, yeah, cool. And then he would take another bit of land. Yeah. And then they would go, no, you can't take any more land. And he's like, yeah, all right, sure. I'll but then he does. I'll Hungary, might as well. Yeah. Oh, I invade like, Poland. Yeah, that, that's, that's kind of, yeah. like, that's what, that's what the appeasement was in World War Two, and there is something really interesting to be said of like the Daleks using I'd... Hitler in a similar way of Hitler being yeah. like, "You'll help me, won't you?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, of course." Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, we'll give you the resources to do your evil shit. I guess that would be a better play, concept. Play, play them off against one another. Yeah, because you've got, you know, the it's the it's, o- <laughs> it's the ultimate thing of like in like the world that. Fascism would create would not be a happy one because it would never it's a it would con- never end. Like Again. there would always be someone yeah. else that is threatening you. Yeah, and that's the thing with the Daleks is that their conquest never stops. And like, yeah, it's the big thing of like, and it's not actually made as a point in um, in Journey's End, but I I feel like it should have been because I feel like it should have been the point that the Doctor made. I guess there was too much to cram in, but mm. like it's like, all right, you're going to destroy everything in the universe. Great. What happens when there's only you left? I think, yeah, I think that's my... What, you're built for destruction and murder. I think that is what the difference. What are you going to do when there's nobody left? Like, I think that's the big... I think that is the point, though, because Davros and the Daleks, literally, they just want to be the only ones in existence. Yeah. That is their goal. Whereas, you compare that to someone like, I don't know, uh, uh, again, I keep on using this example because he's a terrible villain, Malekith in The Dark World, yeah. Thor. It's like... I'm going to use the ether to destroy all of reality. So, all right, then what? Yeah. Is that your goal? Yeah, but I think I think the Daleks is the same thing as Malekith. I just uh, yeah. Like, but I think, like that's yeah, the question think, that never gets posed. Is like once you get what you want, like okay, Hitler. Once you've invaded the whole of the Earth and you have your living space, then what? Then what? Yeah. Because I guarantee I think, that you're not going to be able to sit down for five minutes yeah. before you go and try and claim I, I something on someone it's, else. I, it's more understandable or more acceptable to think that the Daleks are like, oh, well, we just want to be the ultimate race. We are in, uh, superior to everyone else rather than Malekith. I am going to destroy reality. Just because. Yeah. No, no. Uh, I, you're, I not, you're not given a yeah, reason I get why. The, I get the point you're making. Yeah. But like, I feel like... I don't know. Where did we even begin this? I don't, I don't I can't know. Remember, but we've got off topic. But <laughs> um, no, like yeah, 
like Stephen Moffat is great at doing things like, and we'll use the Hitler example because it is a really good one. Yeah, he's used as a butt at the end of a joke. It's, it's like, just dumb. I wouldn't be funny if they landed in Nazi Germany and like they just bumped they, into they just punched Hitler in the face, mate. And they punched Get Hitler it? in the face because fuck Hitler. It's like yeah, yeah, okay, that would be ideal in like a very dark comedy show. Yeah, but this but is... What does it serve in Doctor Do- Who to be here? Yeah, Doctor Who is a show where they literally go to events in history to deal with a problem or they are just caught up in the middle of a problem. Yeah. Whereas this one, they're just literally in Nazi Germany because... Yeah, that, 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 and that's, right. that's a perfect summary. Like, There's a lot of stuff in this era of Doctor Who that is just like that, and that's why the story is so disjointed at points. And yeah. it's why like people people fell out of favour with the Daleks because they showed up as just a token villain every now and then. Yeah. To be like, ah look and it's a again, Dalek. The my problem with Victory of the Daleks is that it was literally the when you look at the show and look how many little episodes there were uh, between Journey's End and Fuck, what was the double bill called? It's, it's the greatest... It's my favourite double episode of Doctor Who ever, is Journey's End and the one with Davros. It, oh my God, why am I not the remembering Stolen this? Earth and Stolen Earth, Earth and Journey's End. It's my favourite, because Return of Daleks, it's probably there at their peak. And then they're all destroyed, and then you have, maybe over the span of a couple of years, because David Tennant did those specials, like maybe three a year or something like that, and then did End of Time, the three-parter, and then he got regenerated into Matt Smith. And then... When you look at it on paper, it's probably what five episodes until they see the Daleks again. It's like yeah. you just you're just bringing them back because it's yeah you're <laughs> it's, it's it's going oh, I've I've got it's conceptualizing it's conceptualizing that it's a good idea without asking yourself the important question, which is like this is all very well, but how does this serve the story of this Doctor yeah. and this companion? Yeah, do we need to bring them back in episode five? Well, can we put it to the side and put that idea to the side? Mm. And can we do something that's... And that get I feel like that's the thing that gets lost more and more with Moffat's writing and why it goes more and more sporadic think... of like... Just like every single episode has to be a Doctor Who movie. Yeah. And that and it's like, I have to do a big concept thing in every episode. Yeah. And it just makes for so many different cohesions. Uh, we might have explained this ages ago when we did the episode where we talked about the season finale of 12... Uh, with mm. Jodie Whittaker and I was like complaining about like there's literally three villains in Doctor Who now the Master Cybermen and Daleks yes that's it yeah, it's, like, it's a checkbook when you're like oh, okay so next season oh, Daleks we've done in that episode uh, and then we're going to do uh, Missy with Cybermen in that episode next season ah oh, shit we're going to do Daleks again and then we're going to do a two parter with the Cybermen with the Master again and that was season 12 ending and then the episode after that, the Christmas special that we're getting, is the fucking Daleks again. It's yeah. like, get creative with your ideas. Yeah, I- I'd rather take you a massive swing and a miss than just reusing the same characters. Because when you do that, they're meaningless. They're, they're not a threat anymore. It's That's my problem with it. That was a bit of a tangent. I think there was there were so many factors that contributed to the Moffat era and, the, and the, how it was viewed of like this idea of like, because let's not forget, this was also the same time. Season five is when Doctor Who became big in America. Yeah, and I completely I'm... understand that. Um, with Eleventh Hour, Matt Smith's first episode being 
I think that's one of the best intros. I think it's the best Doctor Who intro there is. Maybe, yeah, I probably would say that um, because it's it's refreshing. It, it it makes sense for the new Doctor to have this sort of introduction that we've never seen. But well, we've kind of seen before if you're a, if you're a regular watcher. But for like American audiences watching that it was for the a first step time, on point yeah, for a lot of people. it's a stepping on point for a lot of people. But also, if you have seen or caught up with Doctor Who, it's it's probably the only chance or only time I would ever accept the Doctor being like, or going up to a villain and being like, "Fear me," and then that's how he defeats the the yeah. villains. That's it. That's the only time I would allow that because it's the trouble is is that that is. The other big problem is that that is Stephen Moffat's view of the Doctor, that he is this all-powerful god. But no, and that is he a shouldn't theme, be. That is a theme that gets repeated throughout all of his time as showrunner. And it, it does damage the characters to certain extents, because if you don't if you don't have any flaws in the character and you don't have any you know, bits that we see any development of, then the Doctor's always in the same place. And there are flashes of that here and there with Matt Smith's Doctor, and they're great when they come along, but like... Yeah. Um, and he and Matt Smith is great in the role, but yeah, the, it's not like there's not enough quiet moments to reflect no. on what's happened in in that season. But I think it was, as I said, it was a combination of different things. They were appealing to an American audience, and Americans like different TV than, than British people, so they had to kind of introduce more of a kind of Hollywood esque big thing ep- every episode, explosions, action, you know. Because that's what American TV is like. It yeah. is different to, to British TV. Mm. Um, and that's why it was adapted that way. And plus, they had a bigger budget. You can see that right from episode yeah. one. Like it was, So it was all these factors. And I think it was a bit like... I think Stephen Moffat got carried away with his conceptualising and then everything he had to play with. Yeah. And he was like, I'm just going to do all of it. Mm. And it's like, great, but it, it's a bit messy when yeah. you look at it as a whole thing yeah, like, yeah. it's overcomplicated yeah. to the extreme it's overcomplicated yeah. in places when it doesn't need to be you could still tell the same stories by stripping things back mm. like and that's what I feel like especially season 6 the impossible yeah. astronaut season the, that was just thing. it's so oh he was killed but then he wasn't but then he was killed twice but then he wasn't and then now there's it's not really killed there's some really good parts in it like um, the the the, the the Living Flesh one or whatever it is. Yeah, that was good. That's a great two-parter. Yeah. And that serves the story and it moves it forward. But then there's all the other ones of just like... them. It's filler. Being all over the fucking shop. Yeah, like the honest. Curse of the Black Spot. Like, it's it's like filler. Let, Let's Kill Hitler is an example. It's just... Yeah. There's just no need there's for no that. There's no need for it, no. It's... Oh, the, the concept of like River Song killing the Doctor and then finding out, oh my God, he actually means something to me in my future. It's like, yeah, that's interesting. Why do you have to set it in fucking Nazi though? I don't get it. Anyway, that's a little rant, let's say, on Doctor Who. But anyway, you, you, yeah. you're getting through. Let me get through it. There's, some, right. there's some better episodes coming up, I think. Yeah, I, I know. I'm not really looking forward to the season finale because I know what happens in that. And it kind of breaks the law, especially with season 12 and what's happened in that. It's, oh God. It's, I'm looking forward to Peter Capaldi, but not getting there, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, that's the trouble when you make such a mess the show is yeah. where where do you where, where do you, you start where do you start again like where yeah. do you get which is why I've been saying this for, I've been saying this for a long time people they need to cancel Doctor Who have it on a break again yeah just give it yeah. a break and and then come back and what I really want them to do although I don't know whether they will ever reboot the character 
what is in completely from, reboot him from like him first her, doctor whatever yeah they completely yeah. reboot the doctor and completely reboot doctor who because i think it would be the best thing from the show yeah. because you can hit the reset button you can portray the character in a new light but also a familiar light to people who you know this isn't i'm saying cancel it and then come back in a in a good few years time maybe 10 plus years time yeah when people have had a chance to get over Doctor people are wanting it again yeah Especially but then again that's not really the world we live in it's it's relentless media these yeah days, yeah you know? we need but, something but I, I i would love them to do that i would love them to do that um because i just think it would it's what the it's what people need i think people need a reintroduction to the character that is from scratch yeah and and then do a whole new line of doctors yeah you know that's a, that's a, what do you think of Doctor Who? Listeners, viewers, whatever. Like, uh, get in touch. Yeah, man. If you wanna, if you wanna talk about it, what's your opinion on it? Um, another thing I've been doing uh, is uh, playing through some games. You have been playing most recently games. the Transformer War for Cybertron. Transformers. Whereabouts in disguise? Oh, they're such good games. The, the Cybertron games are incredible. I need to. You've, I, I've got. I bought both of them. You bought both. I, yeah. I knew you bought the first one, but then you bought four of Cybertron. I just haven't. Yeah. Downloaded it on Steam yet? Well, I've uh, let's look Steam. Um, yeah, I bought a bunch of games. I bought both the Cybertron games. I bought all the Tomb Raider games, which I want to play through. I've got the Uncharted games, which is like four, five of them. Uh, I recently bought uh, the two Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War games. I have bloody uh, loads of stuff. Doom. I've got Destiny Two. Um, but it's. I've also been playing a lot of Among Us well, as well. We we have this discussion on a daily basis. I yes, I, I want to play this. Many games to play yeah. through, Ryan. Yeah, I especially with the bloody PlayStation I'm, Five coming out. Oh, God, fucking hell! I need to play through. I, I'm playing through the Dark Siders games. Yeah, I need to finish the first one and get onto the. I've, I bought the Walmart the Warmaster edition of the first one is what I'm playing through. Yeah, and then I've got the Definitive edition of the second one. And then I need to play through Dark Siders Three. Yeah. Uh, and then I need to play uh, the Cybertron games yeah, that yeah, I bought, yeah. just to replay them and in, enjoy the experience. Of yeah, because so. I've I've recently started going through the Fallen Cybertron. I need to play Shadow of the Colossus that I downloaded for free when it was a PlayStation game of the month. Oh yeah, the, the remaster version of that <laughs> I haven't played oh, through yet. Oh god, and I then that's before we even get to the ones I have on my wish list, which I'm not going to say. Yeah, but like. I want to go through the Arkham games again as well. And Destiny 2's new DLC is coming out soon. Yep. I might just... I might do that well, while I'm home, actually. I want to... I might have a bit of a binge. I've got Destiny 2, and I'm just contemplating, do I get the upgraded edition and the Beyond Light, or should I just get Beyond Light? I have no That's idea. That's a very good question, my friend. I um, have no idea. One of the problems I, one of the things I, I, I found annoying that I run into on Destiny Two is there's just so much crap to catch up on. Like I played it for a bit and I was catching up on. Some I don't stuff. mind that because again, uh, it I got the base game for free, which is what it's worth because it's crap. Um, I want to buy a game yeah, for maybe about. I want to buy a game for maybe about forty quid or whatever that has so much content, like Red Dead Two. I could get that for maybe thirty quid on PC. If you want content, get get the get the full edition of Destiny Two. Yeah, because it will just give you quest after quest after quest yeah. after quest. I don't after mind quest doing after that. quest after quest yeah. after quest after quest after quest. Really? <laughs> after quest after yeah. quest after quest. I was it will give you so much to do. I was actually quite surprised when I completed War for Cybertron. It only took me eleven hours to complete. 
It's not a very long game. No. Ne- neither of them are particularly long, no, no. which is what I like about them, is that they are very playable. Yeah. Um, very easily playable. Um, um, but, like, uh, I have no idea how long Tomb Raider games are going to take me. Oh, I don't know. No I idea. Say. I got all three. Um, but, yeah, I... Yeah, there's there's so many different cool games. Um, and speaking of Transformers, yes, um, we <coughs> we need a new Transformers game. Um, make one. Make one. Somebody not, make one. Not bloody Transformers Devastation or whatever that was. D- destruction. Apparently or, that wasn't too bad, but yeah, but like a, wasn't up my street. A go- like a War for Cybertron s sort of game. I really want High Moon Studios to come back and do. A War for Cybertron sequel, a Fall of Cybertron sequel that is set in G one on Earth. Yeah, I really want that. Yes, yeah. um, amazing. Yeah, and so we need a new one of those. But also, we need to watch the the Transformers Fall of a War for Cybertron different continuity in universe. Yeah, but the, the show on the Netflix. Netflix show. Hmm. When is the um, second part of that series coming out? Earthrise. Um, pretty soon I think isn't it it might even be next month I know there's a lot of things that are coming out towards Christmas as you would imagine yeah coming coming soon so so. there's not a date set but there's a trailer out so soon yeah right should we talk about Mandalorian go on then go on then right so right fags Mandalorian came out uh, 2019 just last year not even this time last year yeah yeah 11 I'll months I'll be honest ago. it feels like it came out a lot longer ago than that oh, it feels very recent for me does it? yeah, yeah, yeah good, time doesn't mean anything no of course um, not especially with the pandemic fuck no uh, so we watched it it was weird because we're in the UK obviously UK might be bloody bloody cockney robbers um, <laughs> what are we doing? Um, this was released earlier in like America and everywhere else, but we got Disney Plus later, in like March time, I think I remember. Believe so, yes. Um, which didn't help when like all the spoilers and everything came out. Uh, but when we eventually got around to Staggered watching releases, it, man, what are you gonna do? Oh yeah. Uh, when we eventually got around to watching it, what do you think? I really enjoyed it. Yes. It was the the best bit of fucking Star Wars media I've seen in a long time. Very long time since Last Jedi. Since. Probably no. Since no, um, I'm gonna go even further back. I'm gonna say since bloody Revenge of the Sith. Really? Yeah. Is this the best Star Wars scene that's come out since Disney started with yes. Star Wars? Yeah. I like. I think there's good parts of the Last Jedi, but I still well, we, think we, it's horribly incomplete, as we said well, in our we, review. We, we done our reviews on Force Awakens and such. Uh, so not, let's not go down that road. No, it's fine. <laughs> Keep it on it's track. Like I realised what I did there. Um, no, it's fine. Uh, so, we'll go about like episode by episode. The first one was The Mandalorian. Just The Mandalorian. Introduction. Introduction. We get to know our mysterious lead figure. Yeah, The Mandalorian. Or Mando, as we, Mando. we get told by um, Grief Karga. That is his name, Grief, who is played by, as we said, uh, Carl Weathers. Um, He's a bounty hunter man. He gives out bounties to people. Gives out bounties and tokens and stuff. Um, and I love the intro that we were given to this guy. Because he's he's on he's getting on trying to find this this blue dude blue fish man, um, and he goes into this little bar which is on this what snowyish looking planet, um, and he 
I'd say he knocks over someone's drink from what I remember, but then they like start on him being like, Oi, you're not over my drink. Somebody starts a bar fight. Yes, he starts a bar fight. And then it it's a great intro for him, just beating the shit out of everyone. And then when someone shoots him, he like shoots them over and then grapples them and pulls them pulls through. Them through a door and, and, oh, and the door shuts on their torso. And oh, that's just okay. It's a great opening scene. Also, yeah. the music is amazing in it this. It's really good in this. I, I love the uh, the Western factor of this entire show. It's it works I perfectly love, well. I what I love about and this is something I appreciate in general in like media that I watch and consume. But I love the sense of space that this show gives you. A long time ago in the galaxy far, far away, have a lot of space. <sighs> yep. You could almost say it was a space wars. <laughs> space wars. Nothing but space wars. <laughs> Nothing but black space wars. Um, yeah. This is also set after... The darkness. Um, this is also set after... Oh, fuck. Uh, this is set after... Uh, am I, after episode six. It's after episode six. Yeah. But before episode seven, I thought this was set after episode nine. No, 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 it is set uh, with connections of the former Galactic Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you have the stormtroopers, don't you? In the in the very well, the Galactic Empire outfits and they're yeah, all no, like no, rusted yeah. down. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I think and... you're you you are correct. I think it's um. Does. Oh, damn it. I've thought every description ended with the child, which, like, the first four do, but then episode five breaks. Ah, you piece of shit. Blimey. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I think um, what I love about this, this it, it's sparse in places. It, yeah. It does, and that lends to the feel of, like, it being a Wild West film of, like, mm. people in, the, you know, the, the roughs of the West of the US and there's not many people around because there's loads of space and not many people Yeah. Um, but I really like this and every single episode it feels like that even if there's a lot of people in the scene which there is there's, there's parts where he's wandering through settlements and he goes to obviously Mos Eisley and things yeah um, but it, it's not afraid to be like yeah there's only like three characters on the screen but we're going to spend quality time with them which is what this show does really well and it helps to you know with the relationship between Mando and the child throughout the season and um, yeah spoilers is Baby Yoda Baby Yoda's the greatest thing ever. So fucking cute. That's not Yoda. It's whatever Yoda's race is, which we've never. We don't know, so we're calling it Baby Yoda. Um, he's so cute. The he's Baby Yoda show. It shouldn't be called the Mandalorian. Baby Yoda show. There we go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. And also, in the first episode, we get uh, in, well introduced to oh, what's his face? Uh, the I have spoken. Guy. Uh, Quill. Quill. Remember Quill? On the giant things? Quill, yeah. I have spoken. I have spoken. We have spoken. This is... Who's who's cuter? The child or Groot? Baby Groot? Baby Yoda or baby Groot? Come on. The child. The child. Baby Yoda. Yeah, look at his bloody ears, mate. Yeah, yeah. Aww. Um, yeah, we're, we're, always, we're just told straight off that the, the, this target is like 50 years old. And then Mando's going around like, okay, sweet, it's going to be easy. Breaks in with the help of Taika Waititi. Uh, Taika Waititi in his as, as a bounty droid. As a bounty droid, <laughs> IG-11 is, yeah. It, amazing. Oh, I love his comedic timing and everything. It, oh, IG-11's amazing. Um, 
Yeah, straight up at the end of the episode, uh, he just kills IG-11 because IG-11 just has... Well, it, it's the typical droid thing that we're led to believe and we understand why Mando doesn't like droids is because they're so, like, one mission, one sort of thought process only. Yeah, he's um, programmed to be a killer. He's not very trusting of of droid technology, is he? No, not at all. No, he doesn't like it. Um, And then yeah, he kills IG Eleven, and then just uh, takes the bloody kid for himself. Goes back to wherever else. The bounty is is to eliminate the child, isn't it? Or or bring him in. Or bring him in. Or bring him in. Yeah, I think it's because what was the um, what was the reason why IG Eleven tried to kill him in the end? Uh, well, it's the bounty orders, it says. Uh, IG-11 attempts to kill the infant per its bounty orders, uh, but the Mandalorian shoots and destroys the joy taking the child alive. So I guess... I think yeah, it was a dead just... or alive thing, but there must have been a reason that IG-11 decided to try and nullify yeah, him. Maybe. But yeah, anyway. And then going to the second chapter, Chapter 2 Child. <laughs> chapter 2 Child. The child. Um, he's so like... Ma- Mando takes it back, doesn't he, to the place that he was... Well, no, it oh, just no, he put, lands on yeah. yeah. He, he he lands on a planet. No, no, he returns to the ship where it's stripped by Jawas. Was that on the same planet? Yeah, yeah, same planet. I, it's been a go, long time he, he goes, since we've watched. He, he this. goes up to Quill and is like, "Hey, these Jawas are pieces of shit, and that's right. You're stole right, my yeah. stuff. Help me get them back." And he's like, "All right, sweet, we'll do that. We'll go to the Jawas. They got your stuff." And then it's like a little mini quest sort of thing. Uh, which I really is a side yeah. mission which I really like. Um, it's one of the better ones in this show because uh, there are a few Ooh, like dee. little. Ooh, dee dee. There's there's a few dud episodes, maybe one dud episode, which I'm like, okay, who cares? Um, but this one, he has to find an egg. Egg, egg, egg. They sound like egg. Ah, oh, do they? Ah, oh. they sound. Like They're them. the bearable versions of minions. Jawas are the bearable version. Now I'm of just picturing them being yellow and one-eyed underneath their hoods. <laughs> they take the hood off uh, and it's a minion. It's just a minion. <laughs> um, yeah, he gets. He gets. Well, he has to go and grab the egg with the child. Why wouldn't he just get, keep the child? Because in case the Jawas steal the child. Oh yeah, yeah. Which they can. would do, wouldn't they? And Quill just couldn't really hold off all the Jawas. No, no, they're fucking vicious. Oh, Jawas are like they're horrible. Um, I'm trying to think what they're like. Um, Who's more deadly, them or the no, the Ewoks definitely. Oh, the Ewoks are savages. <laughs> Did you see episode six? <laughs> you want a job done? You call the Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so he goes to find an chuk, egg, chuk. and he realizes that the egg is hairy. And also, there's another hairy thing right next to it, and it's a giant rhino. It's a giant monster. rhinoceros. It's, a, it's a, an abominable rhino. <laughs> um, and then he. What's he it called? It? I think it's been named uh, a, a mud a mud horn, something like that. Very inventive um, name. The beast. It's just it, called. It's got a horn. Oh yeah, mud horn is about to kill mud Yeah, yeah. So it's a mud horn. That's uh, incredible. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and the child uses the force. So that's the first time the first we we time. saw these little and arm faints. and then faints. I anything that Baby Yoda does in this show. I think it does the exact same thing Yoda does, where he like closes his eyes and he's like. Yeah. Let me shake these trembling blessings with these little <laughs> little dainty arms. Um oh, I just adore him so much. <laughs> Anything that Baby Yoda does, it just sets me off. It's incredible. It is a cute. big draw for this show. Yeah. They've captured the world's imagination with I, I'm glad that also oh, it's just a genius thing with John Favreau also, because he showrunned the or writ, he wrote this entire show. 
Uh, maybe except for maybe one or two it's episodes. one or two episodes he doesn't. Um, he, he's the showrunner. And I saw this thing a while ago when it was like, oh, John Favreau is like the king of anything because he instantly made a classic Christmas film with Elf, which I'm a bit indifferent on. Uh, I don't think it's great. But then Christmas films it, are a, when, low, a low bar, aren't they? <laughs> very true. Uh, you have The Grinch, which is probably the best. Um, but when people do... When you do think of Christmas films, you do think of Elf, to be fair. You do, yes. Yeah. That's true. So he makes, it, makes an instant classic in Elf, then like also creates the Marvel Cinematic Universe of Iron Man and Iron Man 2. Just kick all that off. He kicks that off, and then he brings the entire fan base of Star Wars back together by creating a baby Yoda, which is a thing that we didn't think we'd ever want. <laughs> but now we want now we want of all it. of it um, so it's just how does he do it man do we just he he knows what we want and he just gives it to us on a plate um, but like it's it's important because you can get caught up in kind of like oh the genius of this show is just Baby Yoda but it's definitely not like, no it does um, it, it it doesn't just go hey is Baby Yoda every single scene he's not always just like the limelight uh, I think that's what um, is really, really great about the show is that they know when to step back from the whole cuteness of Baby Yoda. It's like, okay, there are stakes here as well. There is, like, really awful bits and just other stuff. Well, we'll get on to um, also... Well, yeah, because he, he, he gets back. He, t- he gets the bloody egg. He takes it back to Jawas. They just start eating it because it's incredible the stuff. The is the next episode. Um, yeah, and he takes it back to the planet and goes back to... Uh, Carl Weathers character and he's like here it is give me my money yeah but then he's like oh no actually you need to go to what's his face and then he gets given that uh, giant vault little case thing full of that stuff what he uses to drill down and put the armour in yeah um, uh, I can't forgotten it's old and imperial credit sort of stuff isn't it which they say I can't uh, remember what's it does it say what it's called I can't remember uh, Baskar Steel Baskar steel. Baskar, Baskar, whatever. But it's yeah, it's what the, his armor is 20 made out barn. of. Twenty barns. Twenty barns. Twenty bars. Twenty bars. Yeah. And he's able to make basically an entire yeah. new armor set for himself. Yeah, he's leveled up. He's leveled up. He has mate. leveled up. Yeah. 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 Um, he's done well. He just looks great as well. Looks smashing. And I love how like as soon as he gets like the new armor and everything like that, even. We also get introduced to the other Mandalorians that are sort of like underground and try and keep secret because apparently the whole, the, fall of the whole cult of the Mandalore is done. So maybe one of them goes up at a time and does what their stuff is. So as soon as he comes back, even the other Mandalores are like, what the fuck, man? Come on. <laughs> Give us something to do. They're, they're pretty all distrusting or... Uh, they're a pretty interesting lot, the Mandalorians. Like yeah. They have a lot of code and, and it's very I really like, like sort of like a... Yeah. tribal it's quite barbarian in many ways it's it's yeah yeah space barbarians like they're, they're very loyal to the tribe but they still have inner conflicts and it's all you yeah know, very much kind of i do like everyone the, um, in it for themselves at the end of the day i really like oh god uh i like the the female mandalorian uh carga no no carga is the bloody uh carl weathers character i'm trying to bloody yeah it doesn't say anywhere he just goes into the Mandalorian enclave uh, and just it goes up to the one that is always like, oh, this is the way and stuff. And she this sort of breaks the out the fight. Um, I've forgotten her name. Yeah, the Forge, the Forge um, Mand- uh, Mandalorian who's there crafting the armors and things. Yeah. Operating the Forge. Um, I am Avanay, look. I am Avanay, look. 
Let's have a look, have a look, have a look, look, look. I have no idea. I don't think it's in here anywhere. Maybe not. But anyway, um, yeah, yes. so from there we go on to Sanctuary, is where he escapes with the child. The Armourer, she's called. It doesn't really have a the name. The Armourer, okay. But yeah, gives him new setup, new sick-looking clothes and stuff. So basically, like, the rest of the sin is, like, he he, he feels guilty, even though he's taken pain. He knows what they're going to do to the child. Yeah. He's, so he's like, nah. So he goes that. back in and goes, nope, this is wrong, I'm taking matters into my own hands. Although everybody says, don't do that. Well, it's against the code. And he then breaks he gets, every single code imaginable by asking questions all, all about All the it. other bounty hunters come after him, and then all the Mandalorians come after them. Because yeah. they're like, we are brothers, we stand even though, yeah, Even though they technically have that code, which um, the Mandalorian, or Mando... Um, this is the way. Mando uh, breaks every single code in a bounty hunter. Yeah. The Mandalorians as a cult still stand by him. As a even people, though, yeah. Yeah, as a people, as a... Yeah, I really like that about them. It's, it's very great... It's like, don't break the rules, but if you do, this is the way. It should, <laughs> this, this is the way. We will stand by you, even though you are a mass murderer and breaking every single code and destroying all our lives. Um, yeah, that, that sense of cultural world-building between every individual person. Yeah. It's really good. It's great. There's a lot of... In these three episodes, there's a lot of world building around this town that he keeps coming yeah. back to. Different and factions, different sort factions of things. And the different people that are there. And it's like, yeah, we're led to believe early on that, oh, like the Galactic Empire is done, but then, like, oh, shit, there's a side alley, but, or this, like, little building where, like, the Empire is very much still alive. And there's stormtroopers yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And there's a general still alive. Yeah. A few generals still alive. Um, and it, yeah, that whole thought of oh, why, what, what are they doing? What's their big plan? Which we find out very later on uh, towards the last two, uh, two episodes. But the one after that is probably my least favorite episode, Sanctuary. So got to go to the uh, just a Endor, Endor basically. Sorgan. Sorgan, whatever it is. Um, and th- yeah, they come across Cara Dune. Cara Dune. Cara Dune or June. Uh, June. 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 Was we'll a June? Uh, Cara June. She's great. She's really. She's, she's also in. Uh, the, the actress that plays her is also in, Deadpool. First Deadpool who plays the lady next to. Is it Angel? I don't know. Portrayed by uh, Gina Carano. Gina Carano. Yeah. Form former mixed martial artist. Well, good on you, mate. There we go. Incredible. She's great. Um. Yeah, we meet her, and it, it again. It's it breaks up the cuteness with Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda because one of my favorite parts is when they're like fighting, rolling around on the floor, about to kill each other, and it's just Baby Yoda with a cup of soup, just sipping away, and it's like, "What are you doing?" It's almost like your mother coming down at night. Also, just... Baby Yoda is quick. Yeah, he's lightning fast, mate. He's... When he wants to be. I can't wait for him to start jumping around like Yoda. <laughs> God, I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, um, but yeah, like we go into her, and then we find out like the nearest village is sort of been overrun, destroyed by savages. I guess there's these. There's um, kind of like this other tribe that are uh, out in the wild. Cartoonian raiders have, uh, and they've hijacked a imperial ATST. Yes. Um, so they're like, ah, oh, shit. Well. Is it ATST or yeah? It is AT-AT. is uh, ATST. ATAT is the giant camel walker thing. That's the, uh, um, the big one. So, 
and they're like, all right, you got to leave. But they refuse to, so they're like, all right, okay, and if you're not going to leave, you've got to learn how to fight and defend yourselves, which they do, and then they end up destroying the ATST, and it's fine. Yeah. Good stuff. It's, uh, a good, it's quite a good little episode. It's got a cool, like, defend the village objective it, thing. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's my least favourite, but it's still got good stuff. There's a little bit of a romance thing between... Which I don't get. Mando and that, this that, other... That. I, I kind of liked it. It was a yeah. bit different, but... It had that effect of, like, well, obviously you're not going to get together. For me. It was like they introduced it and I was I like, think it was I get more it, of but... like Yeah, he kind of gets a love interest that this, this girl kind of has infatuation for him. And, yeah. And we, we're introduced to this character who has liked... kind of a longing for a different life. And what I like about it is that you get a glimpse of like... What he wants. Because Mando is like a guy of duty. Yes. And that's what he is. And you get a glimpse of like, oh, he can have a life outside of that. Yeah, I, I like. Quite happy I prefer instead fun. of like the whole romance thing. I prefer that fact where he's like, "Why don't I just settle down somewhere? You know, take off my helmet for like for once." <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, it goes into that sort of characteristic of like a bit more into the law of the Mandalorians, like not taking their helmet off and like it's sworn oath, yeah, and stuff, um, which is real good, real stuffy in there. Yeah. Um, After that is the gunslinger. Where, well, they find out that they've been following them because the child has got like a, a, a chip, so they're constantly on the run. So they go to Tatooine, which we surprised about. No, go because in. we always go to Tatooine. Like that, that might be one thing I don't like. Like it's like really. Yeah, there was no really real reason like, to go to Tatooine. Really make another desert. No, don't make. Uh, go to Jakku. Yeah, go to Jakku. <laughs> or that. That bloody desert planet where they were uh, in in episode five, uh, nine. They go to another desert planet, don't they? With the whole carnival thing. So oh, forgettable. Oh, Jakku 2. Jakku 2. Jatu. Jatooine. Jatooine. It's the offspring of Jakku and... Jatooine. Jatu, Jatooine. Jatooine. Right, whatever. So they go to Jakku. Oh, fuck. They go to Tatooine. And they are uh, Mandalorian's trying to find some work, and he finds out oh there's another guy that is across the table in Mos Eisley, uh, and he's like alright you find this and he doesn't shoot him first, no he doesn't, <laughs> bloody Toro Calican, Calican, shite name, he's a bit of a dog as well, um, but yeah they find this bounty and then there's an elite mercenary assassin on the loose yeah. in Tatooine so they have to go and I, hide, hide I do remember I really liked that moment where. Uh, the little, the, the younger guy is like, oh, well, you, you need a job, come over here. He's like hustling, I guess. And Mandalorian just sees right through it. And it's like, yeah. oh yeah, so you got this bounty. Do you know the reason why no one's got her yet? It's because she's fucking ultra dangerous mm. and you're going to die, mate. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love that bit. Um, that sense of experience between the both of them. And he just drops his guard and is like, Oh, okay, then you got through me. So help me, please. <laughs> I need the money. Help me get a because he's like a budding bounty hunter. Is he? He's like help me get a leg up in the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll pay you um, back, old man. But uh, yeah, they go around, um, and then they find her, and then she starts shooting them. They they get away. They end up catching her, and then it's quite a cool scene when they're out in the desert and she's held up on that rock. Yeah. It's very beautiful. Like, the shots in that. Using the flares to blind her. Yeah, and like that it, it was that night, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Part of it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I really like that. Oh, I, even, I just remembered that even the bit when they were talking to the sand people, 
This is the first sort of time you've ever seen the sand people somewhat civilized. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh my God, sand people. But then the Mandalorian's just sign language, talking to them. It's like, like, oh, yeah. you don't shout at them. All you need to do is learn sign language. Yeah. <laughs> and the Tuscan Raiders are actually quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're on our land. Oh yeah, can we just like, you know, go through and you know, pick up our stuff? Where oh, yeah, is fine. the convenience store? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, what do you want? Uh, his binoculars. All right, sweet. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I do, yeah, I do really like that bit. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So at the end, basically, they capture the the big bounty. They capture the big bad. Yeah. Mandalorian has to, Mandalorian has to go off because they've only got one speeder left. Uh, and then what's his face at the? I I don't really know these names, but he kills her. Yeah. And then just wanders off because he's like, yeah, fuck it, why not? But then, this is the, the end of this one, which is most interesting, is that we see a figure that sort of walks up to the body of the dead bounty. And everyone loses their mind because it might be Boba Fett. We'll find out in season two. Great. It's not, it's not, it's not any more. Why is he alive? Because everyone loves Boba Fett for some reason. Well, that's something, well, I'll talk about something I want to talk about at the end of this recap. But Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Um... And then it goes back into one of my... I really like this episode, The Prisoner, where he goes... It, it regroups with some older friends, this I guess. This is the one on that like, prison, isn't it? Prison spaceship, and this then they're like, episode, oh, you need yeah. to... Yeah. Um, Help us free our boss, slash lover, slash friend. Sister, slash... No, I don't brother, know. yes. Is... Help me free my brother... Yeah, who you owe a deal to because yeah. but everybody owes everybody everything. I like the whole heist planning yeah, aspect of it. Oh, we have to go from this angle and get onto this part of the spaceship in this time, or else we're all dead. Uh, or the you know jailbreak heist. Yeah, 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 yeah I really, really like cool. that. And again, it's got that aspect of the droid who is piloting Mando's ship, and Mando really doesn't like the fact that someone else, especially a droid, is piloting his ship. Um. And the fact that out of nowhere, oh shit, everyone knows that there's a child on board. <laughs> so, and the game changes a little bit. Game, yeah. yeah. So it's sort of, they don't trust Mando. Like, they were going to betray Mando anyway, anyway. But, now but got they got even more of a reason. Um, and I, I like the, the two aspects of the droid hunting to try and find the child so he can kill him. Um, and also, when they're on the ship, they've, they, you know, Mando's been betrayed and he's just sort of one by one just taken out everyone. And I really like my one of my favorite sequences from this episode is where the lights are going out. And every time they flash back on, Mando's closer to the, the brother and then just beats the shit out of him and sticks them all in a, in a cell. Um, yeah, I really like that sequence. I, yeah, it's, it, there's some cool shots in this and I, I, love, I love like. I love it because that's like straight out of like horror thriller kind yeah, of like exactly. suspense movie. It turns into like a heist to a, a horror. Yeah, almost. Uh, yeah, From, almost. Or like a, because that's an action movie shot as well, having like flashing lights and stuff. But, yeah. Um, Very Weeping Angels-esque. I, I think the, the is that bit in The Dark Knight when the gunfire's going off and Batman's like moving forward through the people. Yeah. It's like that. But um, yeah, I, loved, I really, really love that. And I love the... Um, Um, it's the Dark Knight Rises, sorry. It's yeah, that's fine. It's when he's in the tunnels with Catwoman. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love that because like, that's never been shown in Star Wars. 
Well, that's, that's one of the things I love about this, this I, yeah. series. It's just and like, I love... we're going to film this in a certain way, but it just so happens to be set in the And again, it's universe. that whole... we've. It, I, yeah, we've had like the animated show, but we've not seen anything like this, I don't think. And again, it's for once, finally. I mean, Rogue One was a little bit different, but then they had like... It, it's, it, it's again, it's in the same continuity... But like style-wise, it's a different genre, and it's completely different to everything we've seen before. It's it's not focusing on the fact that oh, there's guys with lightsabers in the Force and stuff. I mean, yeah, Baby Yoda is, but it's we were saying earlier, like the fact that that it's not solely about Baby Yoda. Yeah. At all. Um, it's like it has these elements to it that are remind you and link to the other. Bits yeah, of Star it's Wars very refreshing. It's a, it's a story in the universe of Star Wars. Yeah. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there's more than just one family fighting. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Disney. <laughs> you okay there? And then we get on to the uh, last two episodes, which are the best. The double parter, isn't it? Yeah, The, the Reckoning part. and Redemption. Yeah. Um, so we... This... Yeah, it's when Mando's getting a message from uh, Karga... And he's like, oh, just come back to where you are. I'm totally not going to betray you. I'm totally not going to try and shoot you in the back and kill you and keep the child for myself. Just come back. Then, obviously, Mando sees through that. Goes back and gets Cara Dune and uh, Quill. And Quill. Uh, just, brings the team brings together. Brings the team together. Yeah, yeah. The, the season um, one team. And even IG-11. Yes. We see him again, and he's just been sort of rebuilt as the nanny. <laughs> as a nanny. nanny. <laughs> what I, I love nanny about droid. the last episode especially is directed by Taika Waititi as well. Yeah. So, oh, I, I love Taika. I can't wait for Thor and anything else he does. Um, yes, that is its official name. Yeah. <laughs> From now on. I mean, if it isn't, Taika, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on, it's right there Fortunity in front of us. Myth, yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah, so... The, the first episode especially bringing the team back together and I mean throughout this show we get like little hints when like the man almost hurt himself and Baby Yoda's just trying to come up to him and try and do something we haven't really seen him do anything like well we've seen him like use the force and blah 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 there's, blah, blah. there's an awesome like slow creep of his powers throughout the whole season yeah. which I really love and like there's little teases of like oh he can do more and he's like because obviously he doesn't speak, as you just said. You get like his thought patterns through his movements and his actions. Yeah, and we find it's out a bit that... of reaching for something, and someone picks him up at one He's point. Like, no, well, the, even that the bit with the bobble on the spaceship. Yeah, <laughs> even that baby is brilliant. And, and even the well, I really like. I think it is in this episode, the reckoning, where they're on the ship, and obviously going back to that planet. But Kara June and Amando is having that arm wrestle. But Yoda thinks that Cara Dune is hurting Mando. Yeah. So he just force strangles <laughs> her straight up. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, don't fucking kill her. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that whole father-son, uh, sort of like the adoptive, oh, I'm your like, sort of guardian now. So they, they're sort of protecting each other. Yeah. Which, you know, we'll get on uh, when we talk about chapter eight in a second. There's a big bit where Baby Yoda does that. Um... But yeah, they get back. Uh, the baby Yoda heals Karga. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my god, baby Yoda can heal people, which I remember in Rise of Skywalker when we were talking about that. I hated the fact that you can just heal people. I don't like that. I don't. But for baby Yoda's eyes, uh, it's just cute though. He's helping. 
I think it depends on the context in which it's presented. Yeah. I think we don't like it in the 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 sequel trilogy because we don't like the sequel trilogy. Well, I think and it's it, to do and with it's poorly done in the sequel. Trilogy. Yeah. Whereas in this, it's cute because it's Baby Yoda, and that like you hit the nail <laughs> on the head. Yeah. Whether I have a personal issue with it is like it was always fed to us by George Lucas himself that healing powers are kind of a bit of a no-no and they're kind of yeah. teetering on because when you introduce the dark healing... side with it because you're trying to bring people back to health yeah which is let's be let's be honest that's like palpatine's whole thing like that's if, like, i think i said this in the rise of skywalker review if only the sith lords could heal i'd be fine with that yeah if you're a jedi no no because the whole point in a jedi is because once you're dead you come back become as a, one with the force you'll yeah. be become a ghost and you're alive all the time anyway that would be a cool trade-off for the two corners it's like oh yeah. do you want to do you want to live forever or live forever or, or live yeah or, or <laughs> live, live forever, forever a different way you know yeah. do you want to live forever as a ghost or do, do you, you want, want to pervert nature or do you want to become part of it there yes there. that is perfect but no it's just you just give healing power i would okay then I would accept Baby Yoda having the ability to heal if he has not chosen a side yet. He will bring balance to the force. Baby Yoda, I mean, he has. He's, he's brought the fan base together. He's, he's, <laughs> he's brought, he's brought he balance the to the fandom. He is the child that they have been talking about this entire... Anyway. No, um, getting into conspiracy theory territory. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, then, towards the end of this episode, it's sort of... They make a deal with Karga to go to the guy that initially gave the bounty. And they do this whole thing where Quill goes back to the spaceship with the child. Shit hits the fan. So now that there's two speeders going after the child. And it's, again, a really great great sequence where you're like, Oh, God, get back to the ship. You're literally like there. And then Quill dies. Quill dies. Sadness. Not Quill. And then we also get, well, during that sequence, we also get introduced to um, Moff Gideon, who we mentioned last week was in like Breaking Bad. He was also in The Boys, season two. Um, again, forgotten his name. I'm terrible with this stuff. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, he's coming, Brilliant. he's coming up in Far Cry 6 as well. Yeah, Far Cry 6 villain. as well. I love his stern angry but not shouting aspect like I mentioned this last week also but ah oh, amazing he's great yeah 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 does he get this is his first appearance isn't it this yeah he's like mentioned in the season he's mentioned all, all through it but yeah Moff Gideon is like oh god he's this he's the one behind us all I like the, the sequence where he comes in that tie fighter and the tie fighter's wings just sort of like it's fold great, in yeah. on themselves and it's you know oh, okay this is shit this means the guy means business um yeah, so Quill dies and the child is captured and you're like, oh, shit. And that's where the episode ends. And they're sort of like held up in this little room where... Uh, also, a, a great thing about Moff Gideon is that the guy that gave the bounty initially, he just killed him because he doesn't need him anymore. He's expendable. Yeah, you failed. Whatever. Bye. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're worthless to me. Um, the, I think the redemption episode is probably my favourite. Yeah. Because... I love how uh, it can be played cheaply for jokes, but the opening bit with the scout troopers on the speeders and they're trying to shoot the can on the floor, but they keep on missing yeah. and they're just so incompetent and they have that whole like banter of saying, like, hey, let's have a look at the child. Are you sure you killed it? You punched it. And like they keep on punching the child and then the child 
bites their finger and stuff and then IG-11 comes in as the nanny I just <laughs> love the whole sequence it's so yeah. Taika Waititi it's brilliant yeah yeah um, yeah real good um, yeah he just goes full Terminator mode IG-11 in this bit I love it um, and then yeah there's a uh, IG-11 just sort of like takes out everyone takes the child in protects Mando Mando's like seriously injured yeah and he's like he's don't able, take he's don't able take to get into off. the, the uh, his underground bit with the yeah the forge lady is still there and he's like um, I'm gonna stay because this is the way because this is the way that's um, <laughs> all you need to do I really right? like um, well even just before that bit of the whole interaction with IG-11 and Mando sort of accepting the droid finally by allowing him to take the helmet off and heal him and also, uh, well, the bit where Yoda just sort of protects his his father figure with the fire trooper. That's just incredible. Protecting the fire. I yeah. love There's that. so many great sequences. Love that so much. Because um, all of the, I forgot, all the Mandalorians' helmets are on the ground, aren't they? So they've obviously yeah. they've taken them off and they fled. Fled or they've been slaughtered? I have no idea. This is dead or escaped here. I, yeah. I can't remember. Maybe the I more think it's implied being... that they've escaped, but I always thought they were dead. But but then she's not. The, she's not she's dead. Not dead. Yeah, so very true. Um, but she tasks him to take care of the child. Yeah, which it, I love that scene. Is kind of like yeah, yeah. I said all this stuff, but this is the way. This is the way, and also it's like she sort quite bluntly says, "Well, I mean, if you're not going to do it, and who is? Like you're the one that found him." Because like, I think this is the bit where she's like, "Ooh yes, this this kid is obviously a force wielder." Mm. Who were the, and he's like, well, the Jedi were our enemies once upon a time, and we never had a good relationship with them. Yeah, and it's like yes, but th- that's not the. It's like it's like the the greater good, isn't it? It's like the greater yes, that's good, not the point. But you cannot let this child fall into the dark side's hands. You need to yeah. return him to the Jedi. And even though we've kind of been like thrusted down our throats all this time about like Jedi, 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 Jedi's, hearing the Jedi's and like Force wielders spoken about in this way, it kind of makes you giddy. Because they're like, yes, they're talking about the stuff that we know and love. Yeah. Or used to love. Like, whatever. <laughs> um, no, yeah, in I love... dark times. Yeah, in the dark times. Before the Empire. <laughs> Before Disney. <laughs> <laughs> now, Disney gave us Mandalorian. It was great. Um, so, yeah, then she gives him a jetpack, which you're like, yes. Full Mando now, finally. He's now fully Jango Fett. Slash Boba Fett. Yeah. Slash better than yeah. better than slash both of them. Bounty hunter. Um, and then so they have to take down the lava river, river uh, sequence, where they realise that they're sort of being ambushed. Yeah. By a bunch of stormtroopers, and they're like, "Oh Christ! Well, we have to uh, either die together." But IG Eleven's like, "Nah, I'm gonna sacrifice myself because that's my programming to protect the child and protect you." So I love that sequence also. Yeah. It like Mandalorian's like, no, no, you can't, no, you can't. It's like there's no need to be upset. I'm not upset. Your voice changing <laughs> implies that you are upset. <laughs> I'm a droid. I do not feel. It's fine. <laughs> uh, again, that entire sequence is incredible. So they get out. Ig Owen sacrifices himself willingly. Incredible. Um, and lastly, they have to take out a Tie Fighter with Moff Gideon in it, who's just. That whole sequence with Mando. That's great, yeah, and the jetpack is yeah, yeah it's great. Um so they win. Beat the TIE Fighter finally. Because Mando's Man- Mando. Mando Mando flees with the child. Yeah. 
goes out to seek what whoever next is going to help him. Where he has to go, yeah. And that's uh, where we're obviously going to be Carl and Doom to... stay behind. Yeah, I was kind of sad when we initially thought... Well, initially thought... I thought the crew was going to go off together. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, thought, I think they'd come back around in the next season. They're, they're in the trailers yeah. for the second season. But, um, but yeah, I, I hope it's not too long till we see them again because I really want to see them back together. But then the post credit scene-esque thing after that is that Moff Gideon is still alive and with a dark saber. The dark saber. Do you know much about the dark saber? I do. Yeah. What is the dark saber? Do you know anything about the dark saber? Uh, kind of. It's a relic of Mandalore. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a for those of you that don't know, it's a black lightsaber. It's, it's shaped like an actual sword as opposed to a straight beam. Yeah. It's slightly shorter. Um, That's just, that's just it's taking you through the lightsaber page and then the yeah, dark saber. But, um, but yeah, the dark saber features heavily in the Clone Wars, mm. and in also Rebels, and it's had its own whole history, um, and there's a lot of stuff that's going to be coming across in Clone Wars and the Rebels into the next, um, into the next season of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it changes hands loads of times. I don't know the full history. Yeah. But it was the the person who wielded the dark saber was like the the symbol of Mandalore's defense against um, the Jedi for so it was, long. It was an ancient lightsaber created by the first Mandalorian to become a Jedi. Yeah. That is a symbol. Yeah. Great. Good stuff. And then somehow Moff Gideon. It's has an it. important relic within Mandalorian history, and it's interesting that Moff Gideon, who is an Empire you agent, know I, has it. You know what I don't really understand about Disney. What's that? It's like, yeah, great. You've given us all this stuff. Like, yeah, 70% of it is great. Um, however, I don't like the fact that they can just sort of pick and choose what they keep as law. Because when Disney bought Star Wars, yeah. they were like, right, all of this extended universe stuff, not canon. Yeah, It's going to be, it's like Star Wars Legends now it's called or something like that. Whatever they've called it. Um, but I don't like the fact that they're sort of keeping some aspects of Legends. They're like, oh, well, I mean, everyone likes the Mandalorians and the Darksaber and stuff. We'll keep that. Oh, Clone Wars, oh, people still like that. Oh, we'll keep that sort of they stuff. Are they're picking and choosing. I find it kind of like... It's a bit, cheap. Sh- it's a bit cheap, isn't it? It's cheap and shitty because you're like, well, if you're not going to... They've gonna- created something really good. And this leads me on to the next point. I... I am hesitant about the second season of The Mandalorian. Because it's got... Because they're borrowing so much from other parts of history. Mm. We know Ahsoka is going to be in it. Boba Fett's going to be in it. Boba Fett is going to be in it somehow. Yeah. The Darksaber is going to be in it. All of this stuff that already has continuity, which means you have to tie it to the previous For me, it's like, take it all or none of it. Yeah, exactly. It's Why are you picking and choosing? Because then you've got all these like creators that have done all these comic books and extended stories and stuff like that. And if you just go up to a bunch of people and like, right, I'll have all yours, but yours, ugh, no, I don't like that. That's almost like them rebooting the Marvel Cinematic Universe and being like, well, we obviously love Iron Man and we love Captain America, but the first Thor film and the second Thor film, nah, fuck off, but we'll take the third one. Yeah. It's like, have it all or none of it at all. Like, accept the fact that there are some not as good stories and also because that makes some of the better stories even better and stuff. I don't get that. I don't get yeah, that aspect. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's money. definitely while I'm... Yeah, that's exactly what it is. All of it is, yeah. But... Um, and it's interesting because we, we praise, like, the Baby Yoda invention to kind of suck fans back in, but it's... Yeah, I get it's a bit cheap. I mean, Baby Yoda that's, was... That's what... 
that's what all of this other stuff is as well the dark saber that's what it is it's, yeah. it's borrowing an aspect of something and yeah and it was good in small doses with baby yoda but we'll see how it works in the second season yeah i'm looking forward to the second season a lot uh, again, coming out in two days' time. Well, like, I think every week we might just sort of have a, a mini 30-second segment being like, did you like Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1? Yes. Yes. Right, next bit. Good. <laughs> we'll just say it. We won't go into in-depth about until we'll do, we'll the whole We'll do vague, series. non-contextual spoilers. That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about like Season 2 as a whole when all of the episodes are out. But as each individual episode are coming out, we'll just be like, yeah, I liked it. Cool. Yeah. liked what they did with this. Well, well, I think we'll come up with something cool. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I got anything else to say? Not really. No, I think no. we've covered all the points. No, it, might, it was a bit choppy, choppy, choppy. But I think yeah, we... so this has been a pretty packed episode. We've talked about a lot. Yeah, two hours. Jesus Christ. Um, um, yeah, that's good. You're gonna make carbonara next, aren't you? Yes, we need to watch Ooh. football as well. Oh yeah. Do I dare look at the score? Oh shit! Do you want me to have a little insider uh, bloody oh, stuff? What is the score right now? Because it's Champions League at the moment, and uh, how, okay. mate? Great, okay, mate. Cool. Just keep it that way. Please, I must have given assist. Of oh, course. Just... Wow. Okay, stuff is happening. We're good. Right, we're going to put that on right now, and we will. S- I'll start wrapping up. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Yes, thanks. Everyone. What did you think of Mandalorian season one, audience? If you've watched listeners, it, yeah. Um, yeah. Are you looking forward to season two in a couple of days? If you want to get in touch with us, it's uh, cityofgeekandpod at gmail.com. Uh, if you liked it, share around your friends. If you liked it, also, really do appreciate it if you give us like a, a review, five-star review. We're not going to talk to anyone that has given us anything less than five stars, because fuck that. And also, if you hated it, give it a five-star review. Yeah. Say that you hate us five stars don't, much. Don't forget to tell your hand about us. Yeah. And Kevin as well. And Kevin and however many animals we said. I've forgotten. Tell your baby Yoda. Have you got a plushie? Have you got a Funko Pop of Baby Yoda? Because merchandise in galore. Um, oh dear. No, yeah, share around with your friends and your family if you think that they'll enjoy this. If you want to, yeah, like, get, get in touch. If you want to be a part of the show, then I, I would very much like to have, like, segments where we talk about what you guys want. Yeah, do it. Stuff. Get in touch. Do it. Do it. Do it. Anyway, thank you guys very much for listening, and we will see you soon with Transformers. Netflix show next week and other stuff if they ever do come out. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.